Hey, Holman, you know what? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> it is the Truck Show Podcast. My name is Lightning. He's Holman. We've been doing this oh, for 80... By the way, six. Uh, by the way, I 86 did... 86 episodes. I did, I did know that. You did know that? Yeah. Well, then you should... Oh, okay. Yeah, you did. <laughs> 86, huh? 86. Wow, that's amazing. I know I know. since like episode two, we've been saying that's amazing. No, but... we, we kind of had a lull for about the last five episodes. We didn't really say, oh, look at this. Look at us. We've gone 80, 80 we, some odd episodes. We did but the last episode. It, we did? Yeah. No, we didn't. Yeah, we did. We did? Yeah, with Teresa here. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so uh, what's going on in your world this week? Well, so I have, there's a lot going on. Are you talking about the Titan? Is I that mean, what you're I, asking I, about? I, no, I'm just, in general, asking how your week was. My week was extremely busy. At My, my day job By was crazy the busy. Way, I saw a Titan roll up to my house. Uh, a uh, person jump out of it, throw two giant boxes on my porch, and then the Titan peel out and drive away at high rate of speed. Yeah, well, that didn't exactly happen. What I, was I did that? drop off two giant boxes of Truck Show Maybe Podcast need, t-shirts. You know what I should do? What's that? should pull that video from my ring camera. And show, oh, you de- you show you delivering a- I did wave and smile at yeah, your, uh, your ring we camera. We should put that on Instagram. That, that's that's kind of funny. Proof we have t-shirts. Yes. Now, we don't have a budget to get them out to anybody, but nope. we've got boxes upon boxes of t-shirts. We- How did that happen, by the way? Because you're like, I don't have any more t-shirts. I'm lightning. And I'm like, all right, well, then we won't do anything. And then you're like, now, wait a minute. I have boxes of t-shirts. <laughs> now, wait a many, many boxes. Why is it? Well, hold on. You know what? Okay, yeah. You can do me all you want. Yeah. No, you, you no, can, thank you. Stop. No, no. No, thank you. You can impersonate me. Okay. All you want and do that funny voice. Uh-huh. But the whole, I'm lightning. <laughs> I don't ever say uh-huh. that or uh-huh. ever throw that around. Okay. Uh, 657-205-6105. If uh, you think you have a good lightning impersonation, please uh, call and leave us a uh, voicemail on the five-star hotline. But why? Why Why would you do that? Because it would make me giggle. (laughs) Literally, the only benefit is because I would laugh. It might make me giggle as well. And I'm lightning, and you should try this on the hotline. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we I did drop off T-shirts, and how did that happen? How did I find the shirts? I don't know. You don't know. You said it was covered in a mountain of dust. I, no. Yeah, well, that's, that's what you told me. You said it was in the back of the shop under a mountain of dust, uh, and you I don't was, really remember was, how they I got was there. really kind of just, that was more of a figure of speech. They oh. weren't, weren't really under a mountain don't of dust. Don't you know by now I take everything you say literally? Okay, okay. I got a call from the clothing store, which I uh, am affiliated with. I once owned. <laughs> I technically still do, uh-huh. but I'm just not active at it anymore. <laughs> okay. So, I still own all the trademarks and all that good stuff. The point being that the manager of the clothing store calls me and says, hey, uh, are you ever going to pick up these boxes of, of shirts? And I go, I don't know what, what you're talking about. What shirts are you referring to? And she rips open the box and goes, you got like... A hundred and some odd truck show podcast shirts sitting here in a brand new in a box. And literally I that I went, What? what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't recall ordering them. I don't recall <laughs> paying for them. But there they were. So, so we're gonna figure out how to get them out to you guys. And I can tell you Wait, hold on. We'll figure out how to get back to the backlog. Just because you're doing stuff now doesn't guarantee you a shirt. No, no. We have to go back. We have guys we back don't in even, episode 20 who have been waiting for shirts. Don't even know if uh, people have the same address anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, they, good point. If, if you haven't gotten your shirt and you change addresses, you might want to send us an email. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, really? Do we want to just uh, we want to be besieged with uh, T-shirt emails? No, no, no. Just if you've already written in at some point. And you've given us your address. It's now incorrect. Now is the time to uh, make sure that our spreadsheet is correct. Just quick email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. 
hey guys, still don't have a shirt, and here's my new address. We will attempt to send them out. I wish that we're, because both Holman and I are kind of cash strapped at the moment. Uh, I have no uh, floor downstairs in my house. Yes, and I just, yeah, I just spent some money I shouldn't have. <laughs> Let's start the show then. I'm not going to start the show because we have to thank Nissan. Oh, well, I know. Because they hooked me up with a Titan. I know. Are you going to talk about the Titan? I'm going to. I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to give you my top Ten things that I like about the Titan. All right, all right. Is that good? Yeah. I'm not going to do it not here. We've got yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. of great guests. We have an awesome guest. We have uh, Ian Johnson. You may remember him from Extreme 4x4 in uh, Big Tire Garage. Well, guess what? Ian is going to be back on TV on the he, Motor Train He's got to be part of our family now. Uh, he's part of our family. Yeah. And I said, dude, come on the podcast. He goes, uh, I already listened to it. I'm like, no, no, but come on again and talk about your new thing. Okay. So, Which is uh, kind of weird, by the way, that he yeah. is- um, a, li- a listener? A listener. He. Uh, we are going to announce for the first time. Uh, anywhere about this new venture that, we, uh, that we're that we entering with him. So I think that's going to be pretty cool. This is news? We're making news? Is, we're making news on the podcast. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So All anyway, right. uh, by the way, he's also a Nissan Titan XD owner. We should talk about that. I know. And I it was and he so listens to our show. Which that, is, yeah, yeah. How's that even possible that he listens and he drives a, a Titan XD? Yeah. So anyway, yeah. he has great taste. So uh, the rest of our listeners out there who uh, are looking for advice or who also have great taste. This is a taste. hardcore fabricator and off-roader. Like real, uh-huh. real yeah. deal. Loves his Nissan Titan XD. Loves it. It's crazy. Uh, he probably went down to NissanUSA.com and uh, picked one out and said, I'm going to go buy that one. That's what, that's how I think it happened. You think that's, yeah, that's, that's how it happened? His local dealer did a test drive, said, I'll, uh, I'll have that one. I don't even know what color it is. I'm going to ask him color. how and why he got it. All right. You know I like what I mean? That. I need right. to get to the bottom of it but because he... it speaks volumes about that truck. Do you think it needs a deck system in the back? I... He's got to because he has so many tools. He oh has every God. tool. He has all sorts of the stuff. This guy's sponsored by like Aesop or one of those. You know what I mean? He's got no. all kinds of electric and pneumatic tools and all that stuff. It's got to go somewhere. Well, but otherwise, it'll get stolen out of the back of his Titan. You if know what I mean? If you're like Ian and you have a bunch of stuff rolling around in your bed, head on over to deck.com. And uh, all right, sponsors out of the way. Yep. Thank you, Nissan, presenting and Decked Associate. Uh, Lightning's still a liar. There's something he's not telling me, but we can I'm start the show. I'm, I'm satisfied at this point that I got as much out of you as I'm going to get. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do it. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. All right, Holman, so here is the deal. I was at Off-Road Expo, I want to say it was last year, last stock, September, October, yeah. whatever it was. I saw in, you there. Uh, Pomona, California. I can yeah. confirm this information. Uh, okay, so I ran into Ian Johnson, As our first guest. Yes. Then maybe it was the year before, because I was solo. It was the year before then when Ian was there, and I and he was before standing two people in front of me okay. to check in and go through the gate. It was before hours. I think you say he was at hot dog and a stick getting like a corn dog. No, that would have been a good story. <laughs> but he, we we're just walking in, in, in and okay. for and I saw the hair a mile away. I'm like, that's the dude <laughs> from that show, and yeah, I mean, like, okay. and I really enjoy how he hosts the show. Okay. He is um, genuine. He's genuine, but he's like a teacher. Yeah, no, and I awesome. am. Infinitely curious about, I don't weld. I would love to learn how to weld. I don't fabricate. I would love to learn how to fabricate. And after watching episodes of his show, or the older shows, I should say, that he hosted, I felt like I could go out in the garage and actually 
weld. I could actually fabricate after watching him. So he's got a, a really unique neck. So I'm behind him in line uh, to get our wristbands and go in, and I fanboy out, and I don't know what to say. Really? You, and went, I'm you telling went cold? You, you froze up? I'm telling you, I have been in the studio with Coldplay, Motley Crue, Madonna, Jay-Z, Ozzy, all of the big rock stars. Was it because it was in person? No problem. I have no problem all walking right. up and shaking Jay-Z's hand. We have to call him. Are you going to be okay? I'll be fine. I'm just saying, at that moment, it was weird. I walk up and I'm like, I, I wanted- love Ian, I, no. Jay. <laughs> I, I wanted to compliment him. Okay. Just say, great show. I really uh-huh. enjoy it. And I just- And what came out? Nothing. Love hair, no, Jay. No, no. Goodbye. Not, that, nothing. No? Just okay. just said, hmm, that's that dude. All right. I don't know what to say to him. Well, I hope you have something to say to him. And you know I got plenty talking. to say All now. Right. That was well, that was two years ago. Well, let's call him. Yeah. Gather your thoughts. I'm going to dial Well, I got a right laundry now. list of stuff to ask him now. All right. Well, let's do this. I'm full head of steam. All right. Dial and smile. Let's see Ian, hey, Ian, our buddy Ian, what's up? Lightning and Holman Truck Show Podcast, how you doing? I'm doing good, how you guys doing? Fantastic, can can you talk? Is this a good time for you? Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, fantastic, we're going to play an intro and then we'll hit you, don't move. Yo, the truck show! <laughs> who dis, who dis, who the hell is this? A truck show interview you don't want to miss. We talk to top dogs <laughs> in the industry, how'd you blow up, how'd you come to be? Who dis? Who dis? Truck show represent. Say who dis? <laughs> God, we sound like a janky morning show, don't we? No, no? we sound awesome. No, we, we sound do? like the truck show podcast. Oh, really? Okay, and All we've right. got our buddy Ian Johnson on, who, by the way, is also a listener of the show. Absolutely, he, well, absolutely love it. He was before this episode. Uh, right? Well, let's <laughs> hope not. I mean, I hope this makes him want to listen to it more. I hope so too. What's up, brother? Not much. How you guys doing? We're Fantastic. doing all right. How's that uh, old Nissan Titan XD uh, Cummins working for you these days? You know, it's doing well. It's like it's it's at seventy. I got like seventy seven thousand miles on it right now, you know, and it's 70, still rolling strong miles? in tone. It's 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 probably half of that with a trailer on the back. It's across the country at least three times, towing jeeps to different stuff. So yeah, I I I, I love that truck. It's a great oh truck. What mods have you done to that thing? Anything, or is it bone stock? It's bone stock. I did like leveling kit, wheels, tires, stuff like that. But aside from that, it's just bone stock. But so it's uh, still just rolling, rolling normal. Did we talk ever? I think it might have been in person or on. I don't know, but I feel like we at some point discussed with you. We wanted to know what was the reason you ended up with that with a Nissan Titan. You know, you had everything. Well, that we you talked saw? to him at Off Road Expo last That's year. That's where it was. Yeah. Okay, it was yeah. Off Road Expo. Yeah. I knew it. And I don't yep. recall the answer, yeah. though. No, Why I, did you choose the I Nissan? I saw Ian in the Bilstein booth, and uh, he's like, hey, I listened to the show. I'm like, you're a liar. <laughs> and he goes, and I have a Titan XD. I go, you're a double liar. A double liar. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and so we had a chance to, uh, to catch up. And then I, I guess the last time I saw you was, uh, was Moab at the uh, Cummins get-together, and you pulled in in your, uh, your old truck there. Yep. Yep. So the Titan is, so I had a Ram 2500 before that tradesman. It was a good truck and I did a bunch of mods to it. So that was like, it was a short bed crew cab. It was a 13. So it was a newer model. I did a dual rear wheel conversion on it and uh, had big American forces on it and all that kind of stuff. And it was a good truck. I liked it, but I borrowed, well, I didn't borrow. I built Stole. a van for I, I built a van for <laughs> Nissan and they wanted the Cummins five liter swapped into it. And when I did that, 
I said, well, if I'm going to do that, I have to, you got to give me a truck. I can't just, you can't just send me an engine because if I'm going to do a transplant, I need to have all the parts. Uh, of course. And so they, they said, no problem. So they gave me a, a Pro 4X XD to drive. Uh, and they, well, they didn't, I didn't think they expected me to drive it, but they gave it to me and said, all right, this is the donor vehicle. And uh, so I drove it for about a good two, three weeks before I cut it apart. And, uh, and I liked it. I thought it was a cool truck. And I thought it was kind of like perfect fit. The 2500 Dually was great, but I was driving it every day, which is not a great everyday driving truck. And I wasn't towing huge loads with it all the time. So I was kind of overkill on a daily driver. And the XD, when I drove it, it sort of felt like it was perfect for that middle of the road. Kind of like I want to drive a truck every day, but I still sometimes need to pull, you know, 15,000 pounds on the back of it. So I went, I just went in, traded in the 2,500 on the XD. And I thought, well, if I don't like it, I'll just get another one. But uh, had it for two years and, and I love it. It's love that. 77,000 miles yeah. later, man. That's awesome. And so you're pulling, uh, you've got, is it a flatbed that you're pulling the Jeeps behind it on or what? I got everything. So I've got a big enclosed that I pull, a big 30 foot. Vino's I pull sometimes. I've got a normal little 20 footer open car hauler. And then I also will bumper pull 36 foot flat deck with two Jeeps on it. Holy crap. And do you have airbags or helper springs on that thing? I got bags in the back because that was the only thing that it had to have. And mainly, I think mainly it needed the bags in the back because they put the leveling kit on the front. So when you put the, tr- like when, if you bumper pull a big trailer, with a leveling kit, it really squats it down in the back. So oh, yeah. I had a ba- I had a bags to the back, and then aside from that, it just but it, that that's all it needs to do, and it'll it'll pull that all day long. Whose bags are? I'm just curious. Are they uh, I just, Firestone? I just fire, Firestone kit. The Firestone right. kit. Yeah. Yep. Those are great, solid, easy to use. So I got a question. Yeah, it went in super simple. Uh, should we tell our audience who we're talking to? No, I, mean, I don't I, think so. <laughs> we should have them guess. I think we uh, assume that everybody knows who uh, Ian is, and uh, I mean, we certainly do. I think well, if you're in the off-road seen, world, you do. They've seen his hair. For sure. For <laughs> right? sure. It's like uh, your favorite uh, your favorite Canadian with the wildest hair that you've ever seen, and then you go, oh, I know that guy. Yes. Uh, you may remember him from such places as uh, Monster Garage Episode 35. <laughs> um, Extreme 4x4. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait what Episode 35, what'd you build, Ian? I built a Santa Claus parade float. Yeah, that was that was, that was banned from the Rose Bowl parade. No way! No what? Oh, we gotta, you gotta hear, tell us that story. So the original plan was we all we flew down to to L.A. This was back when I was still a teacher in Canada, and that was my first sort of TV gig. I went down there, and they we were building a float, and our job was just to build the skeleton and get the car running and. It was going to go in the Rose Bowl parade. It was because at that time, Monster Garage was huge. They could do whatever they wanted. And uh, so half of the team was guys that that's their job. They build floats for the Rose Bowl. So that was the whole idea. And then the minute that the Rose Bowl committee found out that it was a dead Santa Claus, that no! pants, they said, they said, yeah, no, you're not sending a dead Santa Claus to the Rose Bowl parade. So it got banned from the Rose Bowl parade and then ended up in a, a different Christmas parade in, in Long Beach, California. Oh, oh was it the Belmont, Belmont Shore. Is it Belmont or? It was the Doodah Parade. Yeah, the Doodah Parade is awesome. For those of you who have never been to the Doodah Parade in Long Beach. It's a freak show. It's a total freak show. It's like the the misfit toys of parades. That's literally what it is. And it's awesome. If you want to see a community come together and just let their freak flag fly, that's the place to go, man. Yeah. What was the donor vehicle on that build? Because they always started with, that was... Monster Garage was take some weird ass vehicle that shouldn't be a lawnmower and turn it into a lawnmower. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
It was a, it was an 86 Pontiac Firebird with a Ferrari <laughs> Testarossa body, body kit. kit? Yeah! yeah. Oh, solid. Oh, some, would, some would argue that that was the best version of the Firebird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you remember the Fieros right before they uh, died? Uh, you know, it's typical of General Motors, right? Right when you get the car right, so like the last year of Fiero was like the better year, had the better engine, and sure. you fixed up a bunch of stuff. But I remember everybody and their mom, like that was the base for all of the uh, Miami-based yeah. uh, body kits. You know, yep. Ferraris the and su- Lambos. Super and- short super short Lamborghinis. Yep, yep. 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 Super short, short Lambo, uh, mid-engine. It was, it was so, it's so funny to see those things. They crop up on eBay every once in a while on a Craigslist, and it's hilarious to see one. I've done a few V8 swaps in them over the years. So that, I was oh, I got a haul ass. Yeah. I yeah, mean, they weren't they were fun to drive. the chassis and stuff wasn't really that bad. It's just all the General Motors stuff around it that was pretty yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, they had a they had a bad habit of burning to the ground occasionally. But well, that's... I mean, if you got a if you got a pick on something, <laughs> take the pros with the cons. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. You know, that's Fiero life right there, my friend. Ian, tell me about getting. We're going to hit everything. We got we got a few minutes with you, and we're going to get to the new show Four Wheeler on Motor Trend. But we got to do some backstory. Oh, first. is that why we have Ian on? That's exactly oh, why. Oh, okay. Have we should probably yeah. hit that. So at some there point. is a, there is a game plan. We're going to back into it though, right? Exactly. Okay, yeah. Got well, it, got it, got it. eventually we're going to get the beep beep tone as <laughs> okay, we get in. All right. Yeah. You ready? Tell me about getting that call to be on Monster Grudge because you just kind of blew it off as you said like you glossed over it which is it was a massive massive show the beginning of kind of this now there's so many automotive programs on various really a pioneer it was the pioneer and it was a misfit cast and yeah it it was it was different cast every week and it was and I mean it was crazy because it was legit I just applied online and no way yeah I I filled out the application on the internet and just to I had I had watched a, a couple of the shows and I just thought answered I could a do bunch that. of I just yeah I just answered a bunch of questions and then uh, and then they phoned me and I answered the phone and, and I got a phone call and they're just like yeah I just want to talk to you about a couple of builds they gave me like three different builds they had coming up and they asked they couldn't tell me what they were but they kind of gave me some hints they're like well we're building do you have any experience building this do you have any experience building that do you have any experience building and of course this? you lied to them right. Well, no, the cool thing was, I mean, the reality was I was a high school auto shop teacher. So like every God year, high, you, by the way. high school, high schools have parade floats built by the shop class. So when he was like, Jevony, he goes, this is a long shot. Have you ever built a parade float? I was like, I built a lot of them. And he, and, he, and he was like, what, what are you doing building parade floats? I explained it to him. He goes, all right, well, I guess you're going to come to Long Beach in October then. We'll see you then. So and then that was it. Was your hair that tall at the time? No, I was shorter back then. The tall hair started as a side story, but the tall hair started as my son started getting taller. <laughs> I teased him that I was like, no, man, at the time, I think I just let it grow like a little bit longer than I had originally planned on it. And I kept telling him, I was like, no, the hair counts, man, the hair counts. And I just let it go, let it go. And then uh, it just sort of stuck after that. We just sort of let it, let it stay after that. Does it that, stick so. up above your welding mask? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have, to, I have, it will, yeah. But luckily, I, I use a non-flammable gel, so it's all good. Does has anybody ever seen you without gel in your hair? Yeah, I look like Chris Farley. I'm told. So, that's, I've yeah, done, but- I've done, a, I've done a couple Instagram videos. If you dig deep, deep, deep through Instagram, you'll find like a video of me showing how I spike my hair because everyone thinks it takes like eight hours, but it takes like. 30 seconds so i did a couple instagram videos where i just start with like no gel in the hair and spike my hair when somebody saw the video and the cut the comment was when they saw me without the spike hair they said man i thought chris farley was alive again (laughs) living in a van down by the river 
that's right. Yep. I mean, everybody needs that uh, that signature look, and you kind of found it by accident. But look, when you look at rock stars, they Bono has the signature glasses, or Dead Mouse, you know, has the big uh, mouse head. You have or, those uh, really gnarly faded ink blot tattoos on your arm. Uh, are yours? Right. No, they're okay, not really just... ink blots. I mean, it's a, uh, a chick rolling around in cash on a leather bed. That is my tattoo. I mean, it was that yes, at some point. That, right. By, by the way, uh, at Ian from Big Tire Garage. So we should talk about Big Tire Garage, too. We should talk about what was the transition from getting your, uh, your uh, I guess, your shot on Monster Garage and then flowing into, I guess, Extreme 4x4 came after that? Yeah, that's the first one. So I stayed, the production crew was really cool in L.A. I'm still friends with a couple of guys to this day. And I went back to Canada and I went back to teaching shop class and, and it was all fine and dandy. And then a, one of the producers from the show shot me an email at the time and he said, Hey, there's a production company, in Tennessee. They're going to, they're, they're doing the same thing. We're on ads online and they're going to run some commercial space. They're looking for a host, a how to host. He said, you should apply because you're a shop teacher. Be a good fit for you. And I said, well, I'll apply. So the same thing went online, applied online. And because I'd done TV before I got shortlisted and but they did uh, 5,000 applicants. They flew 30 of us into Nashville one weekend, and uh, we all sat around and met the producer and did some screen tests. Screen tests were then boxed up, sent to sent to Spike TV. Spike TV watched them, and then uh, I was I went back home and I thought, "There's no way they're going to offer me a job because it's it's a hassle, right?" To and when get you see 30 work. dudes in the room, right, and you're like, "Oh man, there's not it's I'm, there's not like five of us." That's it's like a whole room yeah. of people. I'm well, there'd be about. like professional fabricators and professional TV hosts, and they run the gamut. Yeah, everything. Yeah, and it was like there was a monster truck driver in there. There was a whole bunch of guys, right? And then, and then there's also the hassle, right? That I'm I'm coming from another country, so you're gonna get work visa and work permits and all this kind of stuff. And I I just told my wife, I said, "There's no way they're gonna do this." And uh, I came came back, and I got a phone call two weeks later, and they said, "How soon can you be in?" Uh, in Tennessee. And I said, how soon do you need me? And they said, two weeks. So two weeks later, I was in Tennessee. So did you have to get a substitute teacher at work <laughs> to fill in? So, pretty, yeah, pretty well. The beauty, see, the beauty of it is, is in Canada, teachers are treated incredibly different. So you're like, it's, it's like, there's a, it's competition to teach in Canada. So it's very difficult. So um, they treat us very well. So I went into my principal and I said, listen, I got this opportunity to have a TV show gig. And uh, I was given a three-year sabbatical to go try no it out. Way. No way. Yeah. No. Three years? Yeah. Yep. Three years. I was always guaranteed my job back. And so I could wow, just go dude. down there and just try it out and see if it That's the ultimate like job security yeah. for you to go f- figure out if this, this gig was something you wanted dude, to do. Dude, Holman and I get yep. sweated when we want to take a week off. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> We're like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> you see that line out the door for all the people want your job? Yeah. Put your job in jeopardy. So be quick about it. Do you have to take all seven days? What about just five <laughs> yeah. and a half? Yeah. What, does that include the weekend? <laughs> So we'd be remiss, obviously, to to not mention your co-host and and uh, and obviously Jesse passed away in a in an accident, uh, chasing her dreams and, and going after this land speed record. And um, you know, just wanted to touch really quick on what it was like when you found out your co-host and what it was like working with her. And then uh, you know, any any thoughts that you have uh, or fond memories? Yeah, yeah. Jesse was great. You know, she was fresh out of school, right out of Wow Tech. You could tell. You know, she was pretty obvious at the time. You know, there there really wasn't a lot of girls because we're talking this is back 2004, right? This is yeah. like 15, 16 years ago. So there wasn't God, a lot. Is it of really other... 15 years? Like yeah. seriously? Yep. Like yes. I don't feel that old because 2004 just feels like oh a couple years ago, right? Nope. Oh, it? 
Damn. Yeah, so it was a long time ago. So she was, uh, she was fresh out of wow tech. She's great to work with. She was, uh, always eager to learn and, and just want to learn everything she could, but no joke from the minute she started doing the show, she straight up said, she goes, I only want to do this for a couple of years. Cause I want to be a professional race car driver. That was her number. That's all she ever wanted to do. And it's all she ever talked about. And it's all she ever wanted to do. So when she ended up leaving a few years later to do some other stuff, and then she started popping up in all these racing scenes. And I, and I would talk to her at different events and stuff. It was great. Cause she'd like chase that dream. You know, she'd found a new way back then what she wanted to do. And she kind of knew this was a stepping stone would get her in the door with, with the right people, with the right places. And, and she was killing it, you know, doing all the hammer stuff, land speed stuff. She, I think she was doing some, uh, some short course stuff. And every time I talked to her, she did the ball. I think she had a thousand a couple of times. Yeah. I was at a different, so she was doing what she wanted to do and uh you know it's it's a shame and you know i've talked to a bunch of people since it's happened and it is just one of those things but i think that sometimes you know it's it's she was doing what she wanted to do and it's just unfortunate that that accident happened and but it's it's she there's worse ways to go and chasing a dream, you know, yeah. so that's just the only way to look at for it. For sure. And, and we, we did a, a panel with her at SEMA uh, last year, and she even talked about that race car and some problems she'd had in it and how close she had come to death before and stuff. And there's actually some videos that somebody in the audience had posted on YouTube. I got heat for that question afterwards. Yeah. Li- Lightning and I were going back going, man, that was crazy that we actually had that conversation with her back then. But um, just- I had know. asked the question, something to the effect of, um, talk about a time that the safety equipment had saved your life. Yeah, I didn't expect really to anyone to have answers, and uh, and everyone on the panel had yeah, had an something. answer. Yeah, yeah, and she talked about the safety harness or something to so do with par- that. Jet the parachutes park. didn't go, and she oh, had to yeah. use the parking brake in order to slow the car down, and she almost went off the edge of the course, or actually ended up in the bushes. And all I can do is I hope um, that she hit the number she won, and the last thought that went through her head is I did it. You know, yeah. like, like I yep. hit 600 because there's video out there of the actual pre-crash of the of the car going across the desert and she is moving. And I yep. I just hope and pray that that was the last thing that went through her mind was what was the number that she was going for? Uh, it was over 600. Was it really? It was, yeah. yeah, she was she was going. There was there was another another land speed woman, uh, woman's land speed record that was set back in the 80s of like. 500 or 400 and something yeah 498 or something like that with like a different with a different sanctioning body and and she was trying to like basically decimate that to sort of lock that in fastest woman on four wheels type of thing yeah and i think she wanted to be there's something else that it it was just a a class where she could beat and be the fastest person period too i think so just just like we said unfortunate and i I didn't want to you know obviously everybody knows that Extreme four by four was where both of you sort of launched, and uh, so we wanted to touch on it and just in you know talk about it real quick. But what was Extreme four by four like for your career and your tra- trajectory? I think the first time I met you was SEMA oh four oh five, and I was at Truck and Magazine at the time, and I think I'd only been working for you know as a journalist for a couple of years, and I want to say like Ian was, I think I met Ian and Jesse both separately, but at that same SEMA. And I think you were like the first TV guy that I ever met. You know, I'm like, hey, that's, that's <laughs> Ian from TV. Well, I'm curious, Ian, did it feel like you were the TV guy? Because you went from teaching 30, you know, <laughs> you're standing in front of 30 people, you know, a week, roughly, whatever your class size was as a teacher. And all of a sudden you're standing in front of millions, you know, through, you know, through the magic of television. Did it feel like your star was growing? Like, or did, did you not perceive what was happening? Tell me about that. 
No, I, I was fortunate. So I think, I think that, you know, the reality is, 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 you know, people take to a job on TV different ways. And I've, I've been fortunate with the fact that when I was a high school shop teacher, I did that for almost nine years and I taught in a small town. So everyone knew who knows who you are because you've either taught them or their brother or their cousin or their sister, or that's just the reality. So I, I was very used to spending my time walking around and everyone knew who you are. I see. So the transition from, for me to be walking through an airport and someone saying, Hey man, I love your show, whatever. It didn't feel weird. And I also didn't feel like, Oh, I'm really important now. I'm on TV. At the end of the day, you know, we always used to joke me and like, there's a, a, Anyone I know, I tend to gravitate towards people have that same sort of feeling in the industry, right? It's like, hey, it's just a cool job yeah. on TV. Because the reality is there's people out there with way more important jobs than I have. And that, that's what we always joke with. It's somewhere somebody right now is saving a baby and I am rebuilding a transfer case. With <laughs> yeah, yeah. With, so, with people watching you critiquing yeah. your every move. <laughs> I wouldn't hold the wrench that way. Right? Well, but you know, yeah. but, but the difference, I think the only, maybe the only difference is that now you're signing autographs. Well, before you were walking down the street and we're like, Ian, what's up? Cause you know, the guy in town, but now yeah. it's Ian, what's up? And you don't know the person. Yeah. And then they selfie? want you to sign. Nobody something. wants to sign anything anymore. It's all anymore. It's all selfies now. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, that's yeah. true. A lot of selfies. So, a lot of selfies. So, yeah, but I, I, re I remember, you know, and then obviously, I, you know, we, we've crossed paths many, many times over the years just doing our, our thing. And it's funny because you never really slowed down. And I think there's a lot of people who kind of taste television and that fame. And then their show ends and then they're sort of nobody's like chasing, you know, chasing that that rabbit. Or and, they wait and they get another show that's slowly rated and they just are and, hunger to be on TV again. Yeah, but it's like uh, we've seen, you know, Ian's been a spokesperson in the industry. He's, you know, he's got this new four wheeler gig we'll talk about here coming up. You have a uh, big tire garage. You, I mean, there's you've always been busy and always kind of had your, your hand in something. Uh, since then. So I've, I've always admired that about you is that the drive was always there to, to keep being involved in the industry. Yeah. I think the cool thing about it is, I mean, that's the, when I started working and doing extreme four by four, the cool thing about that company was the guy who owned it was, was his name was Joe St. Lawrence. And you couldn't ask for a better guy to work for in your entire life. Any, anyone who's worked for him would, would say that. But the cool thing about him is he always had the same rule. He always said, Hey, listen, we're making TV shows, but our main thing here is to help, help the automotive aftermarket grow. Cause if the automotive aftermarket grows, everyone, everyone sells more parts, more people build vehicles, more people watch the shows. His theory was always, you know, the rising tide lifts all ships. We're here to help everyone build. And he sort of just ingrained that into everyone who would be willing to sit down and, and talk to him and listen and understand the business. And he was always really open open with anyone who wanted to sit in his office and drink wine and, and talk about, you know, <laughs> media <wine>. companies <laughs> and media companies. He was a big wine drinker. So it was media companies and, and the changes of the industry and he'd lived through it all, you know, so he'd been in this business forever and it, he was a great guy to be able to sit back and, and learn from and just sort of understand that, you know, you can have a job in TV and it, it you know, flares up, flares down, like you were talking about, or you can look at it more as long. All right. You can be a steward in the industry and last a long time, help a lot of people, help people grow their companies, help people chase their dreams of, of building whatever they want to build. And that's just a better, longer lifespan that you're going to get. And that's, I've just been fortunate. Like it has been, it's, it's, it's knocked on the door 20 years since I've been doing this. So it's been good. It's been really, really good. Most of your bills, your your show involvement, such has been off road. It was that a passion, 
Or, I mean, do you also build hot rods or stuff we don't know about? Because your public persona is m- largely off-road trucks, etc. Yeah, that's all I have. I- I'm from Canada, man. It's a requirement. <laughs> to it's, that's just the way it is, man. If you don't have four-wheel drive, you're not getting to work for eight months out of the year. So <laughs> well, that was that was my specialty when I was a mechanic. I was, a, I was an automatic transmission and driveline specialist. So all I did was build transmissions and build rebuild transfer cases. I bought my first. I started life, started doing hot rod stuff. I still have my first car. It's a 74 Volkswagen Beetle. It's all Cal Custom, slammed down, looking all cool. Nice. And I'll work, I'll work, One work month out of the year. Actually, you're in Tennessee now, so it's pretty, you probably drive it a lot more than you could. I can drive it a lot now, yeah. But So that that's the one car that I have. It's different. But I've always had Jeeps, and my first four-wheel drive was a Jeep, and I've always loved them, and I think they're great. And to me, I think what always made it cool was not so much now, because now you have a lot more people using their cars, but when I started to get into the – sort of custom car world was back in like, you know, the late eighties, early nineties when pro street was King and that's what everyone was building, but no one and show cars, build show cars, but they never used the car, you know, they'd Ever. build it and then it would sit on the lawn or they'd, <laughs> they'd build a pro street car and it wouldn't like, they'd take it to a car show and it would just parked on the grass. They'd have a matching satin jacket. And that was, <laughs> that, that, never, oh. that never interested me ever. So the cool thing about off road was, you know, you've got, cool off-road vehicles that look cool, you know, look neat. And then at the same time, they are being used on a regular basis, which I think is that, that to me is now, and now there's more of those, like you've got, you've got guys doing drag week and, you know, that's going on right now and they're driving around in these cars, which I think is great. I think that's the most important thing is, is to cars if you're driven. build something, plan to plan to plan to use it a hundred percent. What's your favorite trail fix ever? Like you went out, you busted something, you looked around and went, crap, I got to get home. What was your favorite ingenious trail fix? Man, that's a tough one because we've always said they're all they're all weird and silly. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's probably more just how like it's not even a trail fix. It's just the fact of getting it off the trail. I yeah. mean, we've broken, you know, we've, we've taken trucks out and broke literally broken transmission cases in half. <laughs> on like trying to hit serious that is next level you, by the way <laughs> yeah and then you got to figure out how the hell do you get that out of of the woods so those are those are probably the big the big ones it's just stuff like that like you know tearing a whole spindle off and then having to you know stick a cut find a big log and stick it on the front bumper and ratchet strap it up to the frame so you have a ski where your tire used to be and you can try to drive it out of the <laughs> out of the woods and those are just those are just normal little adventures that you go on when you start to start doing serious trail riding those i mean but there's there's not a favorite one because there's just so many that just get you out and the main thing is just get it out get it the trailer and then my favorite one is the one where i never had to do one that's just the trail. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you brought your you brought your waders and your boots and your gloves and they're still sitting on the passenger seat. If you can drive it on the trailer without putting the ramps down at the end of the day, life's good. That's, That's all that it is a good. Well, that yeah. means you you build it too well though cuz isn't part of the adventure breaking your crap and then uh, having to fix it? I think it is I think part of it is is the adventure of breaking it, but I also think the cool thing about the whole number one, the cool thing about off-road is when you're off-road there are no rules, right? So there's no speed limits. There's no, you can't drive here. You can't drive there. Uh, there's a little bit of that. And when you get into some spots on the West coast, but the best thing about, I think about off road is, I mean, 
And like, if you're out at the hammers and someone goes, but you can't climb that hill, there's no one saying, well, wait, I don't think you can climb that hill. You can say, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll climb that hill. Watch me climb that hill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and there's no rules about how fast you climb the hill or how slow you climb the hill or, you know, how much of a run you take at the hill. It's, it's just, it's like you're just free when you're off road. You know, there's, there's no speed traps. There's no nothing. You can just be out there having fun. How often do you scare yourself in something you've built? It's more where I am. So like, it's, it's like you will be on the, the, we're on the East coast. So we're at just outside Nashville. Right. So we wheel here. It's depending on the time of year, it depends on how hard you got to hit stuff. So when you've got, you know, second gear bouncing off the rev limiter, trying to fly up a hill, it's scary, but you know, worst thing that's going to happen is it's going to roll over into a tree. To me, when I'm out in like Moab and places like that, when you're like, driving and you look out the window and it's like 3000 feet down that's when it's like scary because you're like man there's there's nothing to yeah. stop me until if, i hit the bottom if, type I, of thing. Uh, so, if i f up here uh, yeah the but, word- but you, it, it, it's worth it's worth it because you get up you get to go to some amazing places and see some amazing stuff I, when you're up there i was in uh, zambia with jeep when the jk came out and so there's a small group of journalists they flew to africa to to drive these things for the very first time most epic trip I've ever been on. We were at the uh, South Uganda National Park. Uh, there were more animals around us than there are at the San Diego Wild Animal Park. There, we had to drive through a forest, forest fire because the forest was on fire and there's no other way to go. And we're driving these <laughs> new Jeeps and things are on fire. One of the guys on the trip rolled it. It was the first uh, JK oh, no. to ever roll, air, side airbags <laughs> and everything. Had uh, We took the top and the doors off and had a bent windshield and otherwise wheeled the rest of the trip. But there's yep. one. I was driving that one that had the uh, the top was off and everything, and there were four of us in in a uh, JK, and we had to side slope on this like pretty steep. I want to say it might have been like 25 or 30 degrees. Like it was significant. So on the side of this hill, but there wasn't really a trail. We went places where vehicles had never gone before. We were in like on elephant trails and stuff like that. We're like, well, that's the road. So we're trying this to is a, a, a off axis negative camber. Yeah. yeah, you're just basically yeah an off camber side slope tra- traversing the side of this hill. Well. In Africa, there's a stuff called elephant grass, right? So it's that long, like, waxy, straw-like grass. The whole side of this hill was covered in it, and it was, like, several hundred feet to the bottom. And as we were uh, side-sloping, the rear was sliding downhill. Oh, because it's on the grass. Because the grass was so slippery. And so we're, like, crabbing across. And I remember a couple people with me. One was uh, Chubba Chubba from uh, Car and Driver, and and we had uh, somebody from Jeep. They're like, we're going to get out and walk. And really? Literally, <laughs> did they walked on the yeah walked up, walked with me because we, we was in four you know four wheel drive four low crawling yeah. and side sloping. They're walking, I'm driving, and my seatbelt's undone because you're looking down there, and it's this really slick like mountain going down with these like must have been trees that had gone through fire because they were bare. But everything in Africa is hard. Like the flies, the tsetse flies, you slap them on your arm, they shake it off and flip you off, right? <laughs> like they don't care. Rocks are harder there. Trees are, everything's harder there. And I'm thinking, yeah. I'm like, I have to be prepared because if this thing starts going, I'm jumping out the passenger side and I'm going to yeah, watch this thing go pl- downhill. Planning your exit. Oh yeah. yeah, for sure. So that was probably one of the hairiest ones. Have you seen those roads in like Tibet? You know, oh, where, yeah. to, where, where you're like, yeah, that's, the death highway. except oh, they have a, like a six by six commercial truck that's driving and there's like some dude coming on like a moped down the other side and there's no room to. The, just insane. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was, I remember one of the episodes I was watching you build. It was a, what are the cars called? They were, it's a, just a, it's a frame and the wheels are really far. A buggy? 
Well, it's not a buggy, but it was a rock crawl, not a rock, but hill climbing car where you had rock to go like, bouncer. Rock bouncer, rock bouncer, rock bouncer. Yep. That would have scared me because you have to accelerate so fast to get up some of these. I, I think you flipped over backwards once and you it was it was nuts. And I thought I would be scared. I would. Be, you look pretty confident, but I don't know. I, I, I thought it's an adventure, but the magic of editing. But but he but he <laughs> built the damn thing, and now he's now he's testing it. Now and, he's going well. Yeah, my well, that, was, good. <laughs> that was that was a fun truck. That was a, that was a, that one had a smooth thousand horsepower at the at on the, at the flywheel on that one. So it was a monster. It was fun to it was fun to drive for sure. But yeah, it did a, it did a, it did a barrel roll at the top of the hill, and but <laughs> the, my my time wasn't up, so I could still I could still finish the course if I wanted to. So we just fired her back up and launched it back up. And we ended up finishing. <laughs> we didn't win, but we ended up finishing. It. Yeah, it but you put on a hell of a show. When you got to the top of the hill, did you get out? And what was your sense of like, holy crap, I just did this. I built the car. I got up. Did you have a sense of accomplishment? A, a feeling of like, holy, or or was it just a blur? No, I think so. I, the thing is, I mean, the the beauty of having this job is you get to build so many cars, right? So you build so many, so many Jeeps, so many trucks, so many cars that, you know, there's always, to me, it's like, I've always said to everyone, I said, if you want my job because you really like to go four-wheeling, it's the worst job in the world. But if you like my job, if you want to work in a shop, then it's the best job in the world right. because you do spend a lot of time in the shop building the cars before you can go out and play in them. So the to me, the sense of accomplishment more is like, you know, when it sits on its tires and wheels for the first time in the shop and it's like a, a truck, you know, it started its pilot tube in the floor or it's, or it got drug out of a junkyard somewhere or, you know, and then it's like, and it's turned into a vehicle that to me is, I get more excited about that part than when we go out and climb a hill or climb over rocks. That's just another day on the trail, which is fun. But to me, it's more fun to build the junk than it is to drive it. Well, let's talk about that for a second, Ian. Your show where it's not a how-to, but it feels like a how-to, the way you've hosted them in the past, where you're taking us through how to cut before a weld, how to prep, where to where to line things up. And I feel like, and I didn't know your history. I did not know that you were shop, you know, you were a teacher because you're really great at it. And I feel as a viewer, and I don't really know you other than I saw you one time at Off Road Expo. I'm like, hey, you know, but <laughs> and I feel you and he's like, like no, but I, I, a, I feel inspired watching, and I feel that I could do it. He explains it in such a way. Get ready to be inspired again, though. Because I know we've got some stuff coming up because he's got four wheeler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we talk about that? Well, I mean, it's a weird compliment, but I, I really, I really enjoy you teaching. I appreciate that. I think that's the coolest part about it is the fact that it's, 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 and I think I was, I was, like I said before, I was fortunate to make that transition because it really wasn't that hard to go from teacher to how to show host. I always tell everyone, I'm not an actor. I can't act. Like we'd had a couple of producers who'd be like, if, if they didn't get something on camera, they'd be like, Hey, let's get you a shot. Doing that. I'm, like, I'm not an actor. If I was an actor, I'd get paid way more money and someone else <laughs> right. would build my cars for me. Uh, but but you have way less fun. But like, that's true. But when you explain to me why an ESOB welder is better than, uh, a Lincoln or something else. I'm like, I'm in. I like the yellow one because he says so. You know, I mean, I'm just. But I, I mean, you're a, you're a great spokesman as well. Uh, and 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 you know, the stuff you build is fascinating. And I'm I'm wondering if because I saw on your Instagram you're doing some stuff for Power Stop. I guess you've got a Gladiator and another Jeep. Or what are you? You're you're fabbing something that's going to SEMA. Tell me that. It, yeah, I saw two a brand new Gladiator on a flatbed, and you didn't say much about it other than I'm doing something for. Power stop in SEMA. Well, you guys did trail to SEMA last year, right? 
did trail to SEMA last year, doing trail to SEMA again this year. And so power stop just basically shipped me over a gladiator. They're actually going to, I don't know if they're auctioning it off or doing a raffle with it, but it's going to be, they're picking a, they're picking a charity. They haven't decided yet. So what ha- the, the long story was last year we had uh, me and uh, Matt from bleep and Jeep had a little game going all week about, who who can hit harder lines during Shuttle SEMA? And the deal was, I, he, I said, if he can make it through Pritchett Canyon without breaking any parts, I was going to give him a hundred bucks. And nice. so uh, I had to pay. He made it through without breaking anything. I still don't know how he did it, but he made it through Pritchett Canyon, didn't break anything. So I paid him a hundred bucks, but I paid him a hundred bucks in in loose pennies. So it was 10 yes. pennies in a bag. So I paid him his money. So then he wanted to get me back. And so he said, all right, well, if we're in sand hollow after that. He's like, well, if I can make, if I can make it uphill and you can't, I, you have to wear one of my bleeping Jeep hats for the rest of the day. And I said, all right. So he made it up a, 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 a obstacle. I couldn't get up. So I said, I wear the hat, but I cut the top out of the hat. So my hair would stick through the top. <laughs> of course. So you we did. had, yeah. So we had this hat. And then we, as a joke, I said, "Hey, let's auction it off at the after the after thing. We'll give the money. We'll pick a charity. We'll donate the money." So Power Stop auctioned the hat off, and they raised, I think it was eighteen thousand dollars for what? Saint Jude. <laughs> for a hat? Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah, for a hat. So uh, hold 18- on, I'm going to get you a Truck Show <laughs> podcast hat, and we'll uh, we'll customize it for you. <laughs> yeah. So we got eighteen thousand dollars donated to Saint Jude. Very and good. the guy who actually bought it reached out to Power Stop and said, "Hey, you know, I'd like, you know, I thought this was really cool what you guys did." And Power Stop was like, "Man, that that really that really worked out well. We should do another giveaway, but a hat's not going to cut it." So they got together with a, 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 a not one of the guys was on Trail to SEMA, and they partnered together. And he said, "Hey, I'll I'll buy a brand new Gladiator, and we'll throw some parts at it, and then we'll." auction it off and we'll donate the money to i don't know where it's going yet it might go to home for it's going to go to some type of military charity they're still trying to figure out which one it's going to be they're talking to a bunch of different people so that one will be we're just going to throw some parts on it get it done and get it out for trail to sema and then auction it off they're like ian build it and wheel it but don't wheel it we have to give it away <laughs> yeah right? well, i'm not I, I don't think i'm going to take that one on trail to sema because that's just like i've, I've dri- i think they're amazing i think they're awesome but i don't want to be responsible for yeah, anybody that, damage that's, that's a lot that's okay. a lot of responsibility are, are you doing there. anything special to it that we should know about or is it it's just going to be you know lift tires wheels axles all it's a rubicon so it's already pretty stout as it is uh, it's got a lead the guy who bought it was like we're going to put no miles on it. So it's got 11 miles on it right now. Um, and so it's just going to get, you know, bumpers. To, the Rubicon is a pretty, pretty good Jeep platform to start with. Yeah. So wheels, tires, lift, bumpers, winch, all that kind of regular stuff. So, Nothing crazy. So talk to me about the uh, the tetanus magnet that you were driving uh, last year at uh, tetanus magnet? at Moab that, or earlier this year. That thing was awesome. I think when I saw you roll up, you had no doors and you had a headset on. Yeah, well, it's got no windshield, but yeah, that's that's how we roll. But yeah, that's the so that's I think this year in Moab I brought my shop truck out, yeah. which is the which is it's it's basically uh, it's all new, looks old. It's an Aqualoo aluminum body on a custom chassis. Oh, I didn't realize five- that was an aluminum body. Yeah, it's just made to look like an old body. Yeah, it's just cool. painted to look like an old shop truck. My buddy Kevin Tate's painted it for me, and he did like a a faux Tina paint job. So it looks kind of old. So but do yeah, they do the, uh, uh, the cab closeouts and everything in the bed or did you have to modify that stuff? That's a, that's a, that's a cab and a bed from Aqualoo. That's a hundred percent. You just order it from them and they, and they ship it to you. So it's like a bed and they offer that bed in like 
three different lengths. There's like a short, medium, long. That's the medium bed. I was trying to figure out what to do with it. I was going to make it all shiny. I was going to make it all custom. And then uh, we just sort of stumbled upon the idea of make turn into make Way it look cooler, like an old 1950. Yeah, it, it is. It's funny because we'll be places and we were at, at one year in Moab sitting at a gas station. The guy walks up and he goes, man, where'd you find that? I haven't seen one of those in years. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can understand. Yeah, Found they never built shop. them. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's a great truck. I mean, that truck has been everywhere. I've had it for, God, I built that thing like eight, nine years ago. So what I've had it, it for, it's a five, just a stock five, three, five, three turbo 400 Dana 300, and then custom 14 bolts front and rear. So custom chassis or what did it start out as? Two started with two frame rails, just two aftermarket frame rails, and then just built from there. Damn, dude! Of course, because he's a fabricator. Of, co- of course. <laughs> well, you we know, expect nothing less. Speaking of uh, f- two frame rails and fabrication, we should probably talk about this uh, new venture that uh, that Motor Trend is doing with Ian and and my group, Four Wheeler uh, Network, and his new show, Four Wheeler. In fact, I, I saw some uh, the rough cuts of episode one, and you are building a uh, basically an LJ out of a pile of. Uh, Square frame tubing, and uh, that's episode one. So you want to talk to us about the the show, maybe how it came to be, and uh, we'll fill in people where they can find it. Um, you know, I left Extreme Off Road to do other stuff with Big Tag Garage and a bunch of social media stuff and some other uh, streaming stuff that I have one hundred percent full control over. And then Motor Trend came a calling, and they said, "Hey, would you would you want to do an off road show? Would you be interested in doing an off road show?" And I said, "Well, only if you do it right." That's the only way I'm going to do it, and I, I don't need to do it. I've I like that prerequisite. Wait, only if you yeah. do it. You right. know, we sh- yeah. nobody ever said that well, about you the know podcast. Why but there, there, because there are a lot of TV producers that are perfectly happy to do it wrong. No, the, yeah. the, the team that's behind the scenes on this one is a really good one, and and yeah, uh, no, they're they're great to work with. But yeah. I just I just told I said you know it can't be. It's got to be like real. I said I'm not going to do like just. You're not going to send me a truck for just lift kits, tires, and wheels. I'm not doing that. If you want to do it, if you want to do an off-road show that is like hardcore, off-road, lots of welding, serious trucks. I got no problem doing that. Then the icing on the cake was they said, well, we'd like to do it in your shop, which was perfect because I got half my shop was sitting empty. And I said, that's perfect because I got half a shop with nothing going on in it. So we took the back corner of the shop, turned into the four-wheeler studio, and started making TV. Oh, and perfect. it's funny. When I saw you in uh, in Moab, the contracts hadn't been signed yet, and there's still a lot of negotiating. And I... I told Ian, I'm like, cool, man, I think we'll be talking later about some stuff. And he's like, I, I hope so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, We couldn't really say anything. And then we were in a group of people, but it was like, wink, wink, I think this has happened. So I'm, I'm glad we finally come full circle where, where we can talk about it. And uh, it looks like, is the first run 10 episodes? Yeah, 10 episodes for this season. Um, and so we've got the episode one. They did it right. You know, I told him, I said, if you want to, if you've got a call show, show, call show four wheeler TV, you can't start with like a JL with bumpers and the right. lift kit. You right. have to 100%. start with a hardcore off road truck. And uh, so they were cool with it. And I said, we're going to build a goat built LJ chassis. So it's a full tube chassis. It's basically an ultra four car. With a Jeep LJ body on it, so and it's it's pretty a it's pretty bad. Jeep LJ VIN number? Oh yeah, yeah, it's street legal, <laughs> <laughs> quote unquote street legal. <laughs> yeah, yes, it's it's we'll call it it's street legal in Tennessee. So that's all fair, you need to know. Uh, fair yeah, enough. Fair fine, enough. Fine. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what we're excited to announce. So this is the first time that uh, we've talked about. It. I think this is actually the very first promotion. We're actually breaking this news here on uh, on the Truck Show podcast. Really? Yeah. The uh, the very first episode will drop on the Motor Trend app on uh, September 21st. So just a couple weeks. By the time you hear this, it'll be about a week. And then um, Motor Trend TV, the channel 
on September 28th. September yep. 28th. Yep. And that's across whether I have Apple TV or I have any of the platforms where I've got the app. Yep. So right? as long as you have the app and as long or you have cable that has the, the Motor Trend channel. And then my understanding is it'll also be on video on demand and go down the line as well. So if you miss it, you'll be able to go into your DV or into your um, on demand on your TV or cable box and find it as well. So okay. there'll be a lot of opportunities to find it. Um Ian uh, is has been a, a great spokesperson, obviously, and we've been looking to get the four wheeler brand out on the TV side to kind of complement Dirt Every Day uh, and do a garage show. And so we were able to put it all together, and super excited to to announce to all of our listeners first that this is happening. And uh, you guys are are well on your way. I think you're something like uh, what episode four or something like that right now that you guys are filming. Uh, they, we're back next week, actually filming episode seven. So hey. we're, we're, yeah, we're well into it. I matter, as a matter of fact, I picked the chassis up from the, 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 uh, the we, well, of course, you know, we had, we jumped around a little bit, but I picked the chassis up at the powder coater today. So it'll be back in the shop, to, uh, for the rest of the week. And then the crew comes back in on, uh, next Monday, we start filming and that'll be episode, I believe that's episode five or six that that is, but we've already jumped ahead a little bit, picked up an episode seven and eight here and there. But yeah, we've got, I think about six in the can right now, heading into seven, eight, nine, the next couple of weeks. And then, uh, finishing out episode 10 with something pretty cool. We're going to do a big road trip, which will be fun. So it'll be, it'll be a good, good stretch and it covers everything we got. It's not just a Jeep show, even though this is going to be a hardcore off-road Jeep. We've got some expedition stuff. We've got some, you know, some cool, uh, some side-by-side stuff. And, and it's, it's, it's just going to have a little mix for everybody, which would be cool. Is it the same kind of thing where, where you're, you're teaching as, as you go, Ian? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's a little bit, it's probably going to be a little bit different, obviously, because, you know, Motor Trend and Four Wheeler want to spin their own own brand onto it, which is fine. But yeah, there's still very much a process of why things are done a certain way and why things get done this way versus that way and, and that sort of thing. It's probably going to seem, if anyone has watched the old show, it'll be a little less sponsor heavy you know that was the one thing that was always the complaint about uh 4x4 and off-road was that extreme off-road and extreme 4x4 was always felt a little part heavy sponsor heavy so this one is a little bit more natural with the how we work people in and out type of thing which is cool so i think it's uh, different enough but still the same enough people will be happy when they watch it for sure is it shot uh, motor trend they're a little more artsy when it comes to the cinematography as opposed There's to a little bit yeah, well, that's, I mean, the, the opening scene is like the small town outside in uh, in Tennessee, outside Ian's place, where there's like you know grass and uh, and the shops behind this like low shot of grass. Well, and that's what like I'm saying. Main like, Street, you know, the old show that he was on is yeah. is just a guy with a you know a couple of guys with cameras over their shoulders and uh, motor trends. I don't, aesthetic rem- I don't is- remember on on Extreme Four by Four. Did you guys ever leave the shop to go out on things? Because on this one, you guys are actually going to yeah, go out in the yeah, field. Yeah, they did. Yeah, occasionally. I think what we'll find. I think what you with the with this with this first run of ten is you know it'll be and that was sort of the one thing the network wanted as well. They said, hey, we really want to be out more, and so I think we're we're trying to we're trying to weave that into certain episodes where you know it'll be it, it, it takes a little bit more planning and stuff and a little bit more strategic on our end because you know i think the idea will be on on this on the builds that are shorter just a couple episodes you know at the end of that second episode the truck's out and, and doing stuff type of thing so like i said there'll still still be a good mix everybody but it's still gonna it's still gonna have that feel of like a true hardcore off-road how-to tv show which is cool all right so i'm stoked four-wheeler uh is coming back to tv and it'll be uh, again uh drops on uh 
the Motor Trend app on September 21st, on Motor Trend TV, the channel on cable on Mm -hmm. September 28th. It's a 10-run season. I'm curious, just to follow up, I know you talked about being a shop teacher. Are you involved in any of the vocation stuff anymore or or promoting vocations? That's always been a a thing on our show that, that... you know, we love getting guys and ladies involved in the thought of going into working with your hands and vocation, vocational training. Any any thoughts well, his, or any involvement? His in that? show is that in a way it is. Yeah, I mean, no, it really absolutely. is. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do when I can. The 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 sad thing is, is that shops are getting closed all over the country every oh, yeah. time you turn around. You know, so I mean, it, it's funny because I've got you know. You, you know, Esau's a big sponsor of mine, been a big sponsor of mine for years. And, and, you know, any old equipment I have, they'll just say, just give it to your local high school. And, uh, you know, I went down to my local high school not too long ago to say, Hey, do you need a pallet full of filler material? Cause I don't need it anymore. And they're like, Oh, we closed our welding shop. So it's, God, it's sad. getting, it, it's getting harder and harder to sort of find that, that sort of vocational training out there, which is a shame because I think that's, you know, that's just, it's just not offered. And if you don't offer it, then kids don't know. And if they don't know, they don't have that option to realize that, Hey, this is a pretty good way to make a living. There's lots of guys out there, lots of guys, lots of girls out there making a great living, working with their hands and loving it. And that's the most important part. I, I've told my son, he's off of college now, but I've told him forever. I've said, listen, if you, the most important thing is don't worry about how much money you're going to make, worry about whether or not you're going to like your job because everyone, I don't care. You could be a millionaire and you can always use an extra 20 bucks. That's just the truth. So you, if you're, no matter what you're going to do in life, focus on finding it. It's something that you really, really like to do first. And then just wolf the money will come at some point in time somehow. Still so, waiting. I, yeah. <laughs> I've been loving what I do for twenty years. Yeah. Still waiting for that paycheck. It ain't ever gonna pay off. No. <laughs> One nope. day it's coming. One day it's coming. Maybe after this podcast, they'll give you a big raise. Not likely. I appreciate the uh, the vote of confidence, and uh, we definitely appreciate you uh, you being one of our uh, one of our first listeners. I mean, you've been listening almost since the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember it popped up. I don't know where I pop, popped up on one of my, unless I drive a lot. That's why my truck has 70,000 miles. Sure. On, so, Cause we tow a lot. And, uh, I, I can only listen to music for so long. So I churn through a lot. And then I also listen to podcasts in the shop. Cause that's just all this. Yeah. Sometimes you just need spoken word, especially out on the highway. Like you get tired of like the hourly rotation on Sirius or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So I started scroll, uh, scrolling through podcasts for the longest time, and I just get. And once you get through that playlist, it's just like you might also like this podcast. I'm like, oh, well, let's no, that one. That'll be fun. I, you, know, you got my curiosity. Other than the Truck Show podcast, what other podcasts are you listening to? What type of content is you like? Murder porn? <laughs> uh, or like almost, almost. So, so it's gonna be funny. So I get, I'll get in, I'll get in binges, right? So I got on this binge of this one podcast for a while called. Uh, crime in sports which was fun oh, that's cool. what is it all about oj <laughs> it's well no funny they never they never do oj but the whole theory is they basically they it's two guys and they, they want they're both comedians and they, they have a straight man and a funny they play off each other very well but they they take like somebody who's an unknown sports or maybe you are a no, they're a known sports person and they follow their sports career as it rises and then arcs and then completely falls apart usually revolving around some sort of crime that they commit while they're at the peak of their at other sport and it's every sport it's like boxing water polo everything so it's it's a fun it's a fun one to listen to so i got stuck on that one for a while i listened to uh and then they have a spinoff called small town murder um i don't know if you've heard of the podcast crime town which is a totally fun to listen to it's all about the uh there's one about detroit 
which is it covers all the crazy mayors and all the uh, oh dude detroit activity. that is a yeah. corrupt place man is, that's yeah. ripe so, for content dude, seriously yeah dude. and it and they did a whole they do a whole series of like 40 years of detroit oh, all right i gotta do so, that one yeah, Crime Town is good. And then the other one they did was the other season they did was a New England town, which apparently was like a hotbed of the mob. And they talk about how this guy like basically rose up through the mob and then became the mayor of the town, which is amazing. Dude, so, so I, I'm I'm not hearing any other automotive podcasts. I'm no, feeling pretty confident here. We're in a good company. I, I drive a lot yeah. too, and I'm looking for always looking for other podcasts to listen to. And uh, I've I've got some uh, I've got some good ideas thanks to Ian here. Yeah, it's it's sometimes you just gotta listen to something different. You know, it can't always be can't always be cars and stuff. So. Uh, uh, that's what I try to look for when right. I'm digging for a podcast. Two, yeah, you guys two last def- questions. You guys are definitely in, no, in a good rotation questions. in there. Not two last questions. No, we're gonna end, we're gonna I, end with I've this? got five questions to end it, but you do your questions first. My okay, I have just two quick questions. What was your favorite truck build? Uh, my favorite. I got it's a tie. The seven one five, which is the uh, which is the M seven one five former military truck. We call it love Lockjaw. those things. Yeah, and so I still have that truck, so I love it. And then the one right beside it would be the uh, Volkswagen diesel powered Suzuki. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be, a, and that's actually going to make a guest appearance on Four Wheeler because a buddy of mine owns it, and so Perfect. it's going to show up next week. So doing some doing some it, stuff on it. Those so. Volkswagen Samurai conversions are so cool. I mean, Sammys yeah, are this, cool anyway, but th- that's just like a special kind of cool yeah. right there. Yeah, and this one's bad because it's like I ended up doing a full tube chassis, aluminum body. It weighs like nineteen hundred pounds. It's so cool. I think so that's cool. a freak show. Oh my god, it's yeah. a freak show. Okay, and my other no, I have oh, one, more, one more. Okay, okay. What is your favorite tool in the shop? Uh, my favorite tool has always been, always will be, air powered impact gun. I love the sound because uh, I yeah because <laughs> I remember I remember when I was like fourteen years old I was pumping gas at a gas station that was my my very first job but I worked at like the gas station across from the other the cool gas station where all the hot rod guys hung out. <laughs> I worked at the gas station that sold like worms and fishing tackle and then across and the like street, old beef jerky with like dust on it <laughs> yeah exactly and then across the street all day you could hear guys like changing tires and stuff and all you heard all day was impact and I was like that's the coolest sound in the world so yep that's my favorite favorite tool for sure all right good. I, I'm good I'm good with that I like yep. that all right home and you're up all right so uh, being a transplant to Tennessee are you a uh, whiskey guy or a bourbon guy uh, well, you see, that's where you're wrong. Ah! All, see, all bourbons are whiskey, but uh-huh. not all whiskeys are bourbons. So right. yeah, that's a trick question. But I would there. say I, I, I am, I'm more of a, I'm more of a bourbon guy. All right, bourbon. I'm a bourbon and, guy. And too. if you, if you, if you followed my Instagram, you'd see that I have a small collection of. of I bourbon. might have seen a lot of barrels in one of your photos. <laughs> you were at Jim Beam, weren't you? <laughs> no, I was in Paris, France. Oh, Paris, that was Paris, yeah. right? Yeah, but that's where all the Jim Beam distillers go. But no, I I spend uh, I have I have I have a good good sized collection here. That's another podcast. Those dudes called Dad's Drinking Bourbons, quality podcast. All <laughs> the guys from uh, the production company that's doing the four wheeler show when they were trying to decide if they wanted to come to the shop to shoot. When they came and found out that in my shop, in the front part part of it where the edit bays are, is a full bourbon bar with multiple selections okay. of bourbon. That's a great so shop. Like, well, so we got. I mean, I go to Tennessee a couple times a year. Can I come by the shop next time I'm in town? Absolutely. We should do like a, we should do a satellite podcast from the shop. Yeah. Let's absolutely. do it. Let's do it. Yeah. I, I've got. Yeah. I probably I'll probably be in. Uh, Tennessee one more time before the end of the year. So uh, if that works out, then uh, let's make it happen. We're supposed to go to Perfect. Nissan at some point, aren't we? 
Well, that's why I would be in Tennessee. <laughs> I know, but what about this guy right here? You can't you, you can never leave. You're not I, allowed I to. Can, <laughs> I can take a Friday off. We do a long weekend right. or something. All right. I'm I've just, been, I've been talking listen, about no, going no, no, to no, 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 no. for a year listen, and a half. Listen, I'm just sensitive to your needs. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. If you had your choice, would you uh, would you choose a buggy or a Jeep? Uh, Jeep. It's more versatile, you know, because you can drive. The thing about a Jeep is buggies are cool. But it's on the trailer, off the trailer, on the trailer, off the trailer, anywhere you are. Whereas nowadays, a well-built Jeep, I mean, you can drive down the highway at 80 and then and wheel it all wheel. weekend. Yep. All right, yeah, so follow-up so. question to that. TJ or JL? Uh, TJ. I, I can't. I, I haven't even bought a JK yet. I can't even commit to that <laughs> much modern technology. So for me, it's all the old stuff. But I will say this. Uh, this year, Moab. Um, I did get uh, a, a company hand me the keys to like two other JLs and just said, "Hey, just try them and let us know what you think of our suspension." Because they were had a couple like the two and a half inch budget boost kits and they just wanted to know, like, "Hey, tell me, do you think it's worth doing? Is this a good suspension?" And uh, they let me wheel it all over Moab and have some fun in it. And you hated impressive. that, obviously. Yeah, it was a tough <laughs> life, but they are um, they're imp- they are impressive trucks. They really, really are. I just can't. The, the reason the reason that episode one of four wheeler was building a, a Jeep LJ out of a pile of tube is to buy an LJ is going to cost you about 12 grand. Yeah, they're expensive. You buy, yeah, you can buy the tube. You can buy this tube kit from Goat Built for like nine grand and you get a much better vehicle. I can't I can't spend 50 grand on a truck and then cut it up. I just can't do it. So I'd, I, I can spend five hundred dollars on a truck. I got no problem. With that. So that, that means I might. <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, I, I, I get that you're out there always looking for five hundred dollar trucks. If you come across any, can you please uh, tell my man Lightning over here so we can get him back in the truck world? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep my yeah. Out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I need one soon. Got two questions left. Go for it. This one, uh, poutine or In-N-Out fries animal style? Oh, poutine. Oh, poutine. Yeah. yeah no. man. Yes. So if I've only had, had bad. If you I've had, had bad poutine, poutine. You don't know. All right. Uh, Where do you, you get must... good poutine? Because I've only had bad poutine, and I, I, everybody's like. You're going to Canada. You got to have poutine. So I had it, and I'm like, eh. But where'd you have it? Yeah, at the airport. Like that's, yeah, <laughs> you can, no, no. So you, so here, here, this will explain it. So you got to go in Canada. They have these things called chip trucks, which are like a taco truck, just sitting on the side of the road, selling nothing but fresh cut fries. That's All just right. the way it is. All right. And you need to go to one of those and buy poutine. A friend of mine got a job hauling RVs up to Canada into the de- from the dealers in Indiana up into Canada and he called me up one day and said what the hell is a chip truck I sell these signs for chip <laughs> trucks and I, I explained to him what it was and I said stop and get poutine you're not gonna don't ask what it is just order it and, <laughs> and just eat it trust me you'll appreciate it and then he called me three months later and he's like man I gained like 15 pounds in three months because so, every time I drive by I'm like oh I could go for so we have a ton of Canadian oh. listeners so Canada is our second biggest uh, market for the podcast right? right so but there's probably a lot of people elsewhere who don't know what Poutine is it's French fries, uh, cheese curds, and gravy, right? Yes. Did I miss French anything fries, there? Cheese, no, it's and it's got to be, but it's got to be fresh cut fries, incredibly salty cheese curds. The cheese curds go half. They got to. Okay, I do be love cheese fr- curds. Paper box. Yeah, got to be in the little paper paper box that the French fries go in, and then you throw the cheese yeah. curds in, pour the gravy over. Gravy, low, low, low the gra- fat free. If the gravy and uh, grease doesn't pull apart that little cardboard basket by the time you get home, that's right. like, got to eat it fast enough. That's that's the expiration yep. date is when they that's fall right. through. All right, yep. uh, one last question, super important: uh, Lightning or Holman? Oh, you don't oh, do that. Man. That's a tough, <laughs> don't do that. Okay. That's uh, you got. You guys are both equally my favorites. 
Oh. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> right answer, right answer. Oh, I got, I got a sound effect for that he's one. Yeah, you did. <laughs> well, that's why he's gotten so far in life, and you and I are sitting in a uh, crummy little studio in El Segundo, California. Yeah. Ian Johnson, four-wheeler, will be on Motor Trend very, very soon. I think it's what's it, September what, 20? Yeah, so uh, Motor Trend, the app, on uh, September 21st, and Motor Trend, the channel, on your uh, local cable uh Company uh, 928. Ten new episodes of uh, a four-wheeler. And uh, if you want to follow Ian, at Ian from Big Tire Garage on Instagram. Now, are you going to change that? Is it going to be Ian from four-wheeler or Ian from Motor Trend? Or are you going to keep the Ian from Big Tire Garage as your handle? No, no I'll leave the Big Tire Garage. I, I think that the... Uh, um Cause that's a whole other, that that's the shop. That's the, that's the Amazon stuff. That's a whole other spinoff type of thing, but who knows? We'll see what happens. This is just year one of four wheeler. So we'll see if we, if we get into year like four or five, maybe we'll, maybe we'll add an Ian from four wheeler. <laughs> there you go. We, we actually had to uh, change lightning. Lightning uh, was uh K rocks lightning at one point. And then when he was no longer K rocks lightning, for a brief amount of time, where were we? No, what, Texas. What, we were in Texas, yeah. and for about an hour, it was an hour. It was lightning's dead. No, no, it was no. R.I.P. Lightning. Oh, R.I.P. Lightning. Yes. <laughs> and then he's like, "I can't do it." He got really super creeped out and uncomfortable about it. He literally, I was uh, going through my feed, and it was gone. And I'm like, "Dude, did you delete your Instagram?" He's like, "I, I couldn't do it. I just." I couldn't go to bed like that. I just felt weird. I'm like, well, how I about know, LBC Lightning because like, he lives I, in Long Beach? I, I was thinking, my, would my kids <laughs> like not? It would be weird. And what if I, then I actually got killed? Dude, that was a full-on meltdown, too. Yeah. Like, you were really, un- like, honestly had reservations about but keeping it. was it. R.I.P. Lightning, and it was, yeah. I think I we talked about Lightning's Dead I think Lightning's well. Dead was one of those, too. Yeah. yeah no, you were- uh, you were you were sufficiently uh, bothered by that. And it, it was it, it was almost charming. Me off that freaking guy, this 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 raver kid in or gamer kid in in England has lightning, and he's got like three posts, and he's just <laughs> squatting on it, and he won't give it to me. I even offered the dude some cash. He's like, I think it, I think I just pissed him off by offering him money. He's like, no. Well, yeah, I'm but you definitely you, holding onto it. You only offered him like five bucks, which no, I think I offered him like a grand for Dang. it. Yeah, I was serious. Dude, you should see all the lightning uh, ones I'm squatting on right now. <laughs> Oh, well. That's what she said. <laughs> got nothing for that. Poor, poor Ian. This is uh, this is degraded uh, quite fast, my friend. Yes, yeah. We spiraled downhill. All right. Well, Ian, you're the best. We appreciate you carving out some time for us and coming on our little uh, our little dog and pony show. And hopefully we'll talk to you soon. But uh, if we find ourselves in uh, Tennessee, we're coming by the shop and drinking bourbon. Absolutely. Let me know. I'll make sure there's a good bottle there for you. All right, awesome. brother. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. See, I told you I wouldn't freeze up. I had a lot to uh, talk to Ian about. Uh, no, you did great. He's you a man. Yeah. I did not know that he was a school teacher. That explains so much. Uh, I did not know he had a bourbon bar at his shop. No, but I am in like Flint. I want to go to uh, Tennessee. Okay. And I want to hang out at a shop. Then let's go do that thing. Well, I've been waiting for you to give me the green light, or I'm sorry, I've been waiting for you to tell me that Nissan is giving us the green light well, to go tour the plant. Well, the plant's in Mississippi. Okay. But the headquarters in, is in Tennessee. Oh, I was confused. So what we do is we do, a, we do a tour of Tennessee and maybe get Nissan to buy us dinner, and then we go get Ian to give us his bourbon. Okay. <laughs> that sounds good, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm all about yes. <laughs> I could right. not be more about yes. So uh, speaking of uh, Ian and his Nissan Titan, you recently mm-hmm. had a Nissan Titan for an entire week. So I'm curious to find out what you thought. Drug review. Yeah. Rolling coal and dragon truck nuts. Oh. Ooh, 
was solid. That was great. Was we it, we I mean, faded it, it, out it, it, as the symbol faded out. Yeah, it was, it was really uh, well done. It's yeah. almost like we have been in studio for uh, several weeks in a row for change. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was almost silky smooth. Um, I don't, okay. So this is, I'm a little nervous. I haven't done one of these before. You have, uh, I will I have hold always, your hands. Okay, yeah. Well, okay, yeah. We'll walk we'll you through it. Are we going to hold hands? That's going to be kind of creepy. If you are uh, going to continue to shake in fear, I'm here for you. I'm not going to shake in fear. I just want it to be known that this is Holman's profession. You do it better than anyone. Uh, you've, you've That's reviewed. the nicest thing you've ever said to me. I think Thank you're, you. I think you're good at reviews. For instance, earlier today, yeah. you read a review that you wrote and it was so well crafted. I was very impressed. Should I? We'll do that way. We're going to do that later. Okay. But right, I, I'm just teasing. You wrote a great review. It's entertaining. It's informative. You've, I feel like I was in the vehicle. I don't. I don't pretend to bring that. That's not what I do. When I'm in. When I'm in a truck, I've been in. I've been in quite a few trucks. But I. I just. I enjoy it. I kind of look. Yeah. I'm like. I like this. I don't like that. But I don't really write All it right. down and take Let's notes or anything there. like that. Yeah. I like this and I and I don't like that or whatever. Yeah. What what did you have? Let's start with so what, here's do, what do we review? Okay, so I Nissan was very kind and and gave me a 2019 Nissan Titan 5.6 liter endurance V8 Platinum Reserve 4x4 Crew Cab. Say that 10 times fast. I'd rather not. Uh that is a lot of truck right there. That yes. is basically their top of the line Crew Cab 4x4 V8. Basically, that is the top of the top when it comes to the Titan lineup. Yeah, the Cayenne red metallic, uh, beautiful with, color by the way. Beautiful it, with a with black chrome wheels. That's one thing I do like about Nissan is they have black chrome instead of regular chrome on the uh, Platinum Reserve, and it's just super classy. Now I will do they have ask any this. options. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, not a ton. Okay, because the Platinum Reserve is it's pretty, pretty much pretty, loaded. <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty there's loaded. a few things you guys. Yeah, exactly. With this so has. options included by manufacturer. Let's hear the Titan boxes. Okay, so that is. Uh, Inside the bed, the nice thing about the Titan boxes are that whether you have a tonneau or a shell, you can still operate and get into the boxes. Unlike right. the Ram boxes, which preclude you from putting a topper on of pretty much any kind because they block access. Right. To the, to I really the like these. Um, I, I had my doubts because they do reduce the width. So you yeah. can't get a huge piece of plywood or yeah. something in there. But, you know, it's give and take. If you want lockable storage, and like you said, they don't get I'd in the I'd rather have them than not. The nice thing about the Titans is they're, re they're removable, and then you have your full bed, whereas the Ram, they're part of the bed. I really like the Ram boxes. Um, I use them all the time, but the Titan boxes definitely have their benefits over the way Ram does. It's just a different way, and it's, it's how it fits your lifestyle. So how much are the uh, Titan boxes? 750 bucks. That's not too bad. No, I thought that that's a, that's a great upgrade. Okay, and then what else did it have? Uh, then we're looking at uh, the electronic tailgate lock okay. and the rear utility bed step. Which okay. I like, which yep. is an amp research step, yep. and it was yeah. That, I used that step literally yesterday. Oh yeah, I, I on all of our trucks that come with it, I, I actually use that step a lot. What uh, what's the final price on it? Final price on this guy, fully loaded, fifty nine thousand eight hundred and twenty bucks. Is that all? That's it. Look at this. Is that? Am I wrong? That's the price. Wow, look at that. So under sixty. So basically, uh, I mean, just a hair under no, sixty. No, but, 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 yeah. but it's there, and that includes a thirteen hundred ninety five dollar destination charge. A comparably equipped American truck uh, would be about four thousand more than this. Oh, four thousand! I was going to say closer to seventy. Well, the nice thing is this is standard with the V eight too. Yeah, which is pretty nice. Yeah, uh, you can't quite get to seventy. Most of the, most of the fully loaded uh, American trucks are right around sixty four, five, six, right in there. Okay. Unfortunately, I didn't have enough time to get it into four wheel drive to take it off road. I really had intended to. I just they gave it to me in a work week, yeah, and I just guy. I can't. There's nothing I can do. That's you know okay. what I mean? So a lot of commuter miles. I put on. Uh, I'm over almost 300 miles in a week. How does that average for when you have a, a truck for a week? 
Um, I don't know. I, I usually do about 20,000 miles a year. So figure... Divided by 52? Yeah, yeah 20,000 uh, divided by 52. Yeah, about 385 miles a week. Oh, so you're driving more than I am. I drive a ton. Yeah. Now your commute to but I travel is a little longer than I... Yeah, well, but I travel a lot where the truck's sitting at the airport, too. So there's just a lot of days where, you know, the average may be that, but I probably, you know, definitely done five, 600 miles in a week just okay. running around from place to place and... Yeah, man, I I wanted to take this thing. I was gonna go and Good do road a, trip. Machine yeah, I was too. gonna do a road trip, yeah. and that I asked for two weeks, and I wasn't being like I wanted for two weeks, but I really did want to take it on a road trip. Well, they usually only do a week because they have other journalists. No, no, after of course, I totally understand why they did it. I really wanted to take it to Utah to Lake Powell and well, drive let's it. Let's talk about drive. what you wanted to do. Let's okay, talk so about yeah, your, let's your get into it. Review here. Yeah, so what I'm gonna do is uh my, my the top ten things that I like about it, and I think that's uh, kind of an interesting kind of fun way to get into it. So at uh, number ten. It's kind of a weak voice. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what, Alice? Uh, she's cheating on us. Well, I heard that Alice is is gone. I think, well, Alice is gone. The website that I get, Alice, uh-huh. our automated uh, lovely lady, yeah. is uh, is down. It's not only down. It's, it's gone. The, the domain is like- <laughs> Parked. It's parked. Right? It's yeah. gone. It's like doesn't exist anymore. I thought, wah, well, wah, someone didn't wah. pay their server bill. So we have Sandy now. Number 10. No, this is actually Alex. Oh, this is Alex. This is Alex. Okay. I want her to slow down. I want so Alex, take a breath and say number ten slower. Number ten. Nope. Nope. She ain't gonna do it. All right. Number nope. ten. One speed is number ten. All right. So coming in at number ten is the Fender audio system. Well, that's now, low. You would expect that to be much higher. I would for you because you're Mister Audiophile. But I think I was just kind of a gimme All because right. you expected me to like rate it number All one. Right. So I'm throwing you a curveball. So that's coming in at number ten. All right. Number ten. And what I like most about the Fender system is I I think I talked about this in the last episode. It's not just the clarity, which you love. I can't get over the staging. That's the fact that the band is in front of you on the dashboard, and it's just so well executed. The sub is in the right place. I think it's under the passenger seat, although I didn't search for it. That's where it sounds (laughs) like I think it is. And it's got a Fender logo down there. It's really well done. I'm very impressed. All right. Coming in at- Number nine. Coming in at number nine is the horsepower from the 5.6 liter V8. Okay. I love- the torque peak at around four thousand RPM. It, it's it's the right spot so that your your horsepower peak doesn't come until fifty eight hundred. It just it's burly. It just feels good. You know what I love? How good it sounds under wide open throttle. That is a great sounding. So that's engine. interesting. I didn't put that on my list as the sound of the exhaust, but there is a in re- the engine itself. Those multi you know, the cams. So the, the the engine's really 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 docile. Yep. But on the on ramp. To the 405 freeway, right by my house, there's a retaining wall, and I got on the throttle all all four wheels, just singing. All four windows down, kids in the back seat, and they're like, both kids looked at me because I just romped on it. I wanted to see what it sounded like, and they're like, they both had this, you know, the the big eyes opened up, and like, where's that sound coming from? Wide open throttle, that truck is really nice. It sounds nice, really nice. Number eight. Number eight is the intuitive instrument layout. Kind of the, not just the, the, the instrument cluster in front of you, but the radio, the navigation, the buttons and the dials, the gauges, they're all where you'd expect them right. to be. Now, I see, Ergonomic. I realize that, but that sounds like, no, duh, lightning course, they were, no, no that's not dude. True. There's lots of vehicles we've all out there been that have, in, yeah. We've all been in trucks where, like, where the hell is the, the seat warmer? Where the hell is whatever? And it's, yep. I, not once did I get in the truck and fish for a button. Or a knob. It was every single day I was trying to explore something else, and I never had to take two glances to find it. It was all right there, so someone really did their homework. Number seven. Thanks, Alex. Number seven, as I said at last episode, no seesawing. 
I hit all the major highways around here, and not once did I have the the bed kick up. Those oscillations and the pogoing. Not once did I say, I need to get those $400 Celastic Springs for my real blah, blah, blah. Is that your lightning voice? Yeah, that's that's me (laughs) doing you doing doing me. Exactly. Number six. Number six is the Utilitrack cleat system in the bed. Magical. Freaking magical. Loaded boxes up, had to take them to uh, Goodwill, take them to your house. <laughs> I had tie downs, cleats. I adjusted them in What did you notice about those seconds. cleats that are different than everybody else? Oh, interesting. Uh, they kind of fastened uh... Oh, they're metal. Everybody else is plastic. Yeah, they're metal. And you have the Utilitrack at the head of the bed and on the floor of the bed. And the, and so you can now, move them around. Which yeah, is awesome. so I didn't use the ones on the bed. I didn't have time. But I, I didn't need to in this yeah. application. But had I had you know, a dirt bike or a quad or something, be perfect. In the bed, I would have I would have cinched it down using the uh, the ones in the bed that, in, the, in the floor. That would have been amazing. Number five. Number five is the damped tailgate. Now I know that there are other manufacturers that offer this, but um, when I, you, you know have what it, it was it's nice to have. You know what it was is my kids hadn't experienced it, <laughs> and it was just the time and the place. And I was loading those boxes to go yeah. to your house, and I had the kids do it for me. And the kid literally he opened it and. It just buttery smooth on down, oh, yeah. and he had never experienced that. So just because my kids were impressed, you're impressed. That's I was All impressed. Right. That okay. was that's a, so that's that a was dad moment four. there. Number five, yeah. Number four. Number four is the seven speed transmission, and like I said in the last episode, it never hunted for gears. It was on point. Jatco, who makes that transmission, makes a mighty fine trans. And uh, Jatco, Jatco. Spell that. Uh, J A T C O. Jatco, Japanese transmission company. Oh no, kidding! I believe so. Okay. Uh, yeah, they make a great transmission, and the nice thing about the Titan is it always feels like it's in the right power band. Number three. Number three, the black chrome wheels. I don't see other manufacturers doing it. There's a couple here and there, not on trucks like this. You know I'm a huge wheel guy. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I geek out on wheels big time. And there's a lot of detailing on those wheels, but they don't look soft. It's like there's an upscale vibe to them without them looking weak or without them, you know, they look upscale but they don't look like they can't get the job done. You got you get a touch of bling without it being loud. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't have to be a rapper, subtle, you know, a hip hop star to, sure. to rock these things. They just they look great. They look good in any garage. Number two. Number two is the interior, but specifically the contrast stitching throughout. It wasn't just on the seats. It's on the dash, it's on the doors. It just it's subtle and classy. It's not red. It's not. It wasn't bright. It was just a, another tone of brown, and it accented the the wood pieces, the set ins. Yeah. Uh, I should say the in insets. Inlays. Inlays. Yeah. Are they called inlays? Yeah. Okay. And it just beautiful touch. Thought it was really well executed. And number one. Number one, as voted by my kids, the rear seat legroom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I can imagine that. You usually shove them in the back of whatever uh, you happen to have laying around the house. So. You know what? Well, it was like, so I remember, I Your think kids I told you. Tall, too. Dude, my, my 17-year-old, which I can't even believe I'm saying the words like he's 17. <laughs> yeah, dude. He's, he's skied over me already. You're almost done. Yeah. <laughs> skied over. Yeah, I almost, I'm almost almost done with him. He's about ready to go off to college. Yeah. And he gets in. He's like, Dad, why didn't we have this truck going to Utah? <laughs> like, I asked. What did you take to Utah? A 2007 Ram 67 Dually. Oh, that's a- And dude- Not quite the road trip machine the so Titan is. that is our shop truck at yeah. work. And so the left-hand bolster is so beaten that the metal is showing through. So I called my wife the day before we left, and I said, go to Pet Boys, buy me a seat cushion. Find whatever you got, because it's better than you know what's you in there now. You you can get that fixed, right? 
Well, yeah, but I mean, it's just a shop truck. It's going <laughs> right. to get, so whatever, for like eight bucks, we bought a seat cushion and it helped. But the back seat, I felt bad for the kids because they're sitting straight up. This is not a mega cab, dude. No, 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 <laughs> like, no. Dude. Those older uh, Ram quads are uh, pretty pretty short on space. <laughs> yes, the back they seat. were. So they get in this tight and they're like, Dad, this is like a Bentley back here. Yeah. Yeah, it was huge. A couple of little things I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that I thought that they should do something about in, right. in future trucks. Yep. They're all two super minor things. I wasn't fond of the shifter. Um, the column that it was column mounted? It's, it's, it's column mount. Oh, I like which, that. So I don't dislike the column mount necessarily. Got a place for your right, the palm of your right hand when you're cruising, uh, and you can steady your hand to touch the touchscreen, and it no. opens up a console, so you have way more space it, in the console. It wasn't in the right place to to hit the touchscreen. Yeah, you have those really reason. weird shaped arms. So. <laughs> yeah, your yeah. little T Rex arms. You, no, you not at all. Get it, that. it wasn't that. It was the feel between the gear shifts. It hmm. felt. Um, Clunky, clunky, and 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 too and much loose. detent. There's yeah, I I don't know what right, it was about it, but it enough. didn't feel because uh, everything about the truck was rock solid. But this, I just right, I, no, I don't know. I thought that was a minor thing that they could have they, they should change. Well, there's a new um, one just around the corner, so uh, maybe they've listened to you. And then this one here is and 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 I know you can appreciate this. There's no freaking place to put my phone. No. Nah. Hmm. There is cup holders throughout. More yep. cup holders than you can yeah. shake a stick at. Can you drop one in a cup holder? And I nope, doesn't fit because I've got an iPhone. Oh, you got the big one with, whatever a, the hell with it is. a big ass uh, case on it, don't you? Yeah, I do not. Yeah. I used to have the Mophie case with the battery, yeah. and now I just have a pretty slim OtterBox case. Yeah, I've got but the regular it, iPhone 10 with a so uh, about the rock same form size, case, but I it, it just, no. I just prop it right up in the cup Negative. holder. Negative. Will not go in the cup holders. Mine will. Yours won't. Really? Yeah. Hold on. Look at my phone. Hold on a second. Are mm -hmm. our phones, is mine wider? Yep. Let's see here. You've got a bigger phone than I do. Oh, yeah. Mine's a full quarter inch wider than yours. Yep. That's what it is. Yep. Well, and so- nope, I sure don't have phone envy. No, uh, they just need, I mean, anything. I was looking, I'm like, there was just no place to put my yeah. phone. So it ended up sitting on the center console, which is beautifully appointed with the platinum logo. It would. I hit the brakes. It would just slide right off. You know. It's <laughs> you know, funny just, as I uh, when that uh, truck first came out, I lost my wallet in the center console because it's so big. Yeah, it's huge. That had happened where my wallet flew off and then went in the recesses. I had gone down to San Diego on my way there to see my sister. I realized, oh my god, I don't have my wallet, and I pulled over and searched for it for about twenty minutes. And I go, it has to be at the house. I swear I had it. <laughs> I had to call her. I said, I don't have my wallet. I don't have any money. I don't have my driver's license. I don't have anything. I've got to go home. Went all the way back up to my house, could not find my wallet for a day. Next day went out, and I just looked one more time at the console. It was at the very back under the cup holes. Uh. And I'm like, dang you, super <laughs> giant cavernous center console full of space. Yeah, and you could put a, a small, wallet to hide. small child in there. There's or a lot of stuff you could put in there. That's oh for damn gosh. sure. All right, so that was my truck review. First one and probably my last one. No, I'll no, leave no, it that to was, you. Well, well done. I uh, expect more in the future. We can uh, we can hone off the uh, the edges there, give a little little bit of a polish. I think you're well on your way to being a uh, professional journalist. No, not even close. I I think that I should write it out and use flowery language like you do. Um, if you want to roll into what's new in trucks, I've got a uh, not a review, but a first look we can talk about. Are you sure that you want to compare yours to mine? No, I'm not comparing yours. That's why I'm saying uh, you, different segments. I'm already laying on the ground bloody, and now you're what? gonna you're now nope, you're just gonna no, no, beat no. me. We're going from uh, we're going from truck review to yeah. what's new in trucks. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ah! Uh! 
Oh, that was two great that ones back-to-back. Really, yeah, back. We, did, we, did a, we did a good job it's tonight. It's abnormal. Oh, we're abnormal. <laughs> what, what do you got? So there's only really one story, but it's kind of a big one. Uh, if you remember, I had a chance to- You can't just do one story in What's New Trucks. Yeah, but that's there's that's all there is today. Really? Yeah. Hmm. All right, we're moving right along. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, no, um, if do you remember, I went to the UK of about a uh, month and a half, And you wouldn't ago? tell me anything about it, because it was- Embargo. That is correct. I was uh, I was not allowed to uh, to talk about it, but today I can talk about it. When was that embargo lifted? Uh, it was in, it lifted on uh, September 10th at 1 a.m. Pacific time. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. You told me that the other day. I was like, 1 a.m.? Because Why? it was unveiled at Frankfurt Auto oh, Show in Germany. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So uh, this is regarding the 2020 Land Rover Defender. Which uh, is why I was in the UK. I had a chance. Uh, Land Rover flew me out there um, with a with a small group of other American journalists, and I had a chance to see it firsthand. And uh, they wanted my feedback and and for us to kind of see it ahead of the unveil, so we could prepare our stories and kind of marinate on it a little bit. So uh, the the Land Rover Defender is officially out, and I know people have been waiting for this for a long time. Land Rover's gone back and forth. They had a couple concepts, like the DC 100 concept, and they said, it's going to be more retro. No, it's going to be more advanced. No, it's going to – and they went back and forth. Well, finally today, we have the uh, the new Defender. And Was it more retro? Not Was at all. It? Oh. I mean, there's some retro cues. It's kind of cool. It has the uh, the Alpine lights, uh, so those roof-mounted side lights, kind of like the original mm-hmm. in the back, which is pretty cool. And it's got some, uh, some styling uh, elements from the original, like these uh, – Diamond plate shaped plastic treads on the flat hood, just reminiscent of the uh, the step pads on the uh, on the original. And overall, it's what we thought it was going to be. They basically, it's a Defender, really a name only. Um, it's, oh, really? Well, it's a thoroughly modern Land Rover. Well, the Defender is something that uh, is kind of sacred, right? Sort of, yeah. And it looks a lot more like the DC 100 concept than we were led to believe. They said, no, 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 it's not going to look like that. It's it very, is that very yeah. much like that, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, but evolution of that design. So, um, are the are the photos posted up on uh, yeah truck trend four wheeler dot com and okay. trucktrend.com, Either one you can see uh, you can see my review. There's uh, two markets. The four door Defender one ten will be out in spring, and then the uh, two door Defender ninety, which I think looks the best. It's very cool. Uh, will be out later next year. There'll be six trims. Here's what's super surprising: the starting price. Guess yeah. Land Rover Defender. Starting price. Ooh, uh, Land Rover Defender starting price. Yep. Okay. I'm going to say it's got to be obnoxious. 71. 49,900. Whoa, wait, what? Yeah, so essentially they are right in the lap of a TRD Pro 4Runner, Jeep uh, Wrangler JL. Surprisingly, the base model is going to be right in the thick of things. And it comes with white 17-inch steel wheels. Oh. Or no, I'm sorry, 18-inch. 18-inch okay. steel wheels. Anyway, so there's going to be two models, the 90 and the 110. The 90 is 102 inches before the 90 meant 90-inch wheelbase. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually 102, so now the numbers don't mean anything. Uh, the 110 is the four-door. That checks in at 119-inch wheelbase. So real comparable to a Jeep Wrangler, but it's wider. It's a bigger vehicle. Uh, what's interesting is it's all independent suspension. It's a aluminum uh, unibody. Land Rover says it's the strongest unibody they've ever created. It's three times stronger than the best um, body-on-frame uh, chassis that are out there. And they said that they were mindful of just how iconic Defender, you know, Defender was to the brand. I think they had a pretty crazy task to try and figure out what today's Defender means and, and reinterpret it. Um, I think they're mostly successful. 
As we were talking earlier about the design, I uh, there's a couple elements I'm not too fond of, mm-hmm. and we talked about it. So my excerpt from my uh, article is, however, there are some missed opportunities and fussiness in the final details. For instance, the diamond plate, in quotes, trim on top of the fenders are not to be used as actual steps. The clear lens over the headlights looked right out of the late 90s, and bumper cut lines will make upfitting aftermarket bumpers difficult at best. So if you look at the bumper cut lines, there's no real way to take off the plastic and put on a steel bumper. Sure. But is that something with, with the average person upfit that vehicle? I, I think they're wanting to do that, yeah. Okay. I, I think uh, Land Rover is saying we want personalization to be a major part of this. In fact, they have their own accessory packs that they're going to be selling oh. that, for different urban and country and explorer and all these different things that have different um, different features that come with them. I said, there's also a cavity in the rear bumper that looks like it would be the perfect step to access items on the roof, but isn't big enough for a boot. So if you look at the back of it, there's like these cutouts above the bumper next to the taillights. And I asked, was that a step? And they said, no, it's just a design element. So how do these? How are these similar to like uh, the new uh, Silverado truck? No, they're just, they're tiny. It's like this, but it's like why? But, but are why they in the those? same kind of position? No, no, no. They're above the bumper, and it looks like you would put your foot there and you'd reach something on the roof. Okay. Um, and so apparently they're not. And then they also have this thing called a floating um, pillar, which is just like a colored square that's body colored. Yeah. Well, how, wait, right how, in the middle wait. of the rear window. Well, hold on a second. Go back to the steps. How did they explain that away? Uh, they, they, just, put this, it, they, they put they, this they indentation. They didn't explain it away. It's just, it's there. <laughs> so here, look at, here's a photo. Yeah. I want you to look at this photo and tell me that you wouldn't look at this and see a step here. I'm looking at the Subway sandwich ad right under it because yeah, I'm so hungry. Hold on a second. Fortunately here. Yeah. Um, see right there? Doesn't that look like it would be a step? That is a step. No. That's got to no. be a step. Can't fit a foot in there. What? 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 You li- just a design cue? That's it? That's it. Just a... What? Yeah, you literally cannot fit a, uh, a foot. It's very uh, narrow. You know, it's not very tall. A child's foot? Oh, I mean, but then the, what's the child going to grow out here, right? <laughs> So anyway, talking about the uh, that and then this, uh, here's the floating pillar. So here's this body-colored pillar. Basically, it just blocks all outward visibility. Oh, my God. It's huge. It's for a It's a design element, but it's right in the middle of the rear window. It's So it's optional, thankfully. Wait, how is it optional? You can order it without that. No, no, no. But I mean, like, how, <laughs> it's not, it's just, when you say it's floating... It's, it's literally not supporting no, anything? No, no, no. Design-wise, it's floating. It doesn't touch anything. It's right. just a square that's sitting in the middle of the window. But how do you... How do you what, what, what goes there if you delete it? Well, uh, the glass. You get a window. This is just sitting there blocking your outward visibility, which when you're on expedition in a Land Rover, that's exactly what you want. You want to Let be able to not again. see outside Hold the vehicle. On. Let me see this again. Let me see this again. This... That section right there. Yes. S- interesting. It's just what sits there. It's it just again just for aesthetics. So here's my uh, my comment on that. I said there's also a cavity in the, the rear hell? bumper that looks like it would be the perfect step to access items on the roof, but isn't big enough for a boot. And the design team actually engineered a curiously gratuitous and thankfully optional floating pillar that does a great job of blocking outward visibility while only adding an aesthetic that will mostly be appreciated by big city urbanites wearing expensive pointy shoes. Hey, maybe that's where they got the dimensions of the bumper step. <laughs> and fancying themselves a member of an elitist design collective. Yes. <laughs> because it sounds like snooty like New Yorkers and it's like some design studio are going, oh, we're just going to add this for design. It has no purpose. Well, it is reminiscent. I mean, it, it, it ties together their other models. 
right? Mm, I mean, does it? Yeah, yeah. Why would you? No model has a blind spot tacked onto the vehicle. No, but it's not necessarily, you're not paying for a blind spot, but the other rovers have that design element. Absolutely not. They have, Land Rovers are known for the great glass area and being able to see out. That's why I was surprised to see that this thing is is on there. It's definitely a cue that they added, and it's, uh, to me, that's a miss. Uh, it's going to have seven exterior colors, 12 wheel designs, everything from an 18 to a 22. Uh, what's really interesting, I think what our, our truck uh, audience is going to like, what I like about it is the interior is gorgeous. It has this piece of structural magnesium that goes across the entire dash. It's got grab handles in the corner. It's just, it's it's gorgeous. But what's interesting is there's three across seating in the front. You can get a jump seat. Oh, wow. So, that's kind of interesting. So think about this. On a four-door, you have three in the front, three in the middle, two in the back. That's eight people. So for somebody who has a big family... That a Wrangler isn't big enough, or a Forerunner isn't big enough, this might be the perfect vehicle. It allows you to go on your adventures and take the whole family along. Uh, also has an incredible towing uh, capacity, over 8,200 pounds. It has a roof strength of, it can carry dynamically 370 pounds on the roof, over 600 pounds uh, static. So you can have uh, two larger folks in a rooftop tent at night and, uh, and you have no problem. The A full-length folding fabric roof on the Defender 90 allows rear seat passengers to stand up through the roof for safely sightseeing in dangerous environments overflowing with lions and venomous snakes that might otherwise be missed on vehicles <laughs> sporting the optional blind spot is uh, also what I wrote there. Um, interesting enough, front suspension has over 10 inches of travel, which is pretty darn good. Rear suspension has an impressive 12.4 inches of travel. The adjustment range of the optional air suspension is just over 5.3 inches front and 5.7 inches in the rear. Uh, between the two sides, the vehicle can articulate nearly 20 inches, which, oh my is, gosh. which is a lot and for an independent. On the one that uh, you test drove, did it have the air uh, suspension? I haven't, dr- haven't driven it yet. Oh, you didn't? Just got a chance to see it and learn about it. They flew you all the way over there uh-huh. just to see it? Yep. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think I probably spent an hour, maybe an hour and a half, and then flew me home. Oh, my God. I mean, we saw some other stuff while right. we were there, and I could walk, so walk the, around London. The design cue that I was talking about, I was uh-huh. I was wrong. It's not up on the glass. No. But if you look at the... Um, the autobiography or the SV autobiography dynamic, it's got the gills on the front door. Yeah. Uh, the vertical gills. Yeah. And but then, they're not a big stupid square just randomly I, floating in the greenhouse. Uh, it is just a, but it's kind of a random rectangle floating towards the front of the door. That's not a, so, yeah, well, yeah, but that's like, that flows with the body lines. Like it follows the body line of the door yeah, you and could cuts argue into that the that, sill. You, that does kind of follow it's the body line. It's literally a square. It is a square. It's a square. I agree. It's a super, square. Super, super square. <laughs> it's a square as square can be. I don't know. I'm I'm not about it. Uh, I will say that it does have uh, 33.4 inch wheels and tires. So that is the largest wheel and tire package ever offered on a uh, Land Rover product. And uh, it has did 11. You just, wait, did you say 33 inch? 33.4 inch wheels and tires. Yep. What are the ti- What are the wheels? Are they 22s? Between 18s and 22s. Okay. And uh, the large rolling stock provides 11 and a half inches of ground clearance with the air suspension, and it allows the Defender to achieve a 38-degree approach angle, 28-degree breakover, and a 40-degree departure angle in the off-road mode. has a really cool new terrain response, too. It's enhanced with this uh, new technology called wade sensing, so it, see, it feels or senses when you're crossing a, uh, a water, you know, a, a lake, a river, whatever. It has a 35 and a half inch water fording depth. 
But what happens is when you pull out of it and it notices you're coming up out of the water crossing, it drags the brakes to clean them off for you. No kidding. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And it also, uh, the new setting softens the throttle response, sets the HVAC to recirculate, locks the driveline, adjusts ride height to the appropriate setting all automatically when it senses that you're doing a water crossing. Uh, and then they also have a new configurable terrain response system that allows the user to tailor the system and fine-tune it to their needs and then save those configurations of the center and rear locking differential, the air suspension, throttle response, all that into a profile. So you can say, this is what I like off-road. And yeah. that way it's not fully automatic, although it can be for, for novices. Um, it can tow 8,201 pounds. Payload comes in at a staggering 1,984 pounds. But I guess if you're going to haul eight people around, you probably need that payload. Um, it's just, uh, you know, a stout, stout vehicle. Where are they with nannies? Cause you hate all the nannies. Uh, I, I haven't driven it. Hard to know. Okay. Hard to know. There's, this is a gen two electronic architecture. So, uh, until I drive it, I won't know, but, uh, they wanted to prove that it, it's rugged. They wanted to prove that's reliable. It was validated over 62,000 tests and was driven hundreds of thousands of miles all over the world from the Arctic to the desert, mm-hmm. to the high country in Colorado, to Moab, to prove that it belongs. And then you'll be able to get either a four-cylinder or inline-six. You'll be interested in this. The Both are turbocharged. The four-cylinder does 296 horsepower. It's called the P300. The P400, which is the inline-six, adds a 48-volt electric supercharger. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, an integrated uh, start belt integrated starter motor for extra ex- uh, assist under acceleration, kind of like the e-torque system on the Ram. The inline-six has, uh, with the turbo, twin mm-hmm. scroll, by the way, 395 horsepower and 406 pound-feet of torque will hit 0 to 6 in just 5.8 seconds. Dang. And is backed by a ZF 8-speed automatic. I will tell you, I had a chance to drive that P300 mild hybrid drivetrain and Range Rover Sport mm-hmm. over when I was in the UK. I thought you were unimpressed Beautiful. with that. Oh, really? No, no, no. I, that, I'm unimpressed with the uh, Discovery powertrain, the V6 supercharged. Okay. But the Range Rover Sport with this inline six, Beautiful. Okay. It was really a pleasure to drive over there. Uh, I, I don't know if we, I think we talked about it. That was where we were driving on the wrong side of the road in a <laughs> left-hand drive uh, <laughs> yes. car. Yeah. I remember it. Yeah, it scared the crap out of you. Uh, for those who like technology, uh, there's a load of it. I think people are going to be freaked out by how much technology there is in it. Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, but also Alexa. It's over, got over the airs. It's updates. It's constantly connected. It's always listening. Mm, so That's kind of spooky. Mm, that's sort of the future it's of the all car gonna market. Happen. I know. Got to get used to it. Hopefully, you just get out in the middle of the desert and you have a cell signal and you're, you're good for a little while. Other technological features include new heads-up display, multiple cameras, including this really cool clear sight ground view system that allows you to sort of, uh, on the screen, see through the vehicle to your wheels and see what's on the ground. Really? Oh, it's super, it's, it's, it's freaky, but it's super cool. Okay. I'm excited to see that. Yeah. Blind spot assist, adaptive cruise, rear pre-collision monitor, rear traffic monitoring, clear exit monitor, emergency braking, lane keep assist, you know, parking aids. So when we get all that fully, stuff. fully loaded, what what's the max price? What uh, do we top this out well, at? Well, we don't know what it tops out at, but we know that the X, which is the highest trim level, is 80000 to start. Okay. Uh, so definitely runs the gamut. I would imagine you could probably get it over hundred grand. you will be happy to know that the... Uh, Optional 15-speaker, 700-watt Meridian sound system is available. Oh, my Lord. So I'm sure that sounds unbelievable. Sure. But overall, I think it's... uh I think it's what we expected it to be. It's more affordable than we thought it was. The interior's way yeah, better. Yeah, you said 49, right? Yeah. So there's a lot to like about the uh, the new Defender. Or but everything you, you mentioned before, it wasn't... Those are summer options, summer... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, mm. nobody's gonna get the forty nine thousand dollar one. That's what but I, yeah. no, nobody gets the thirty five thousand dollar you know, forerunner either. 
yeah. or Wrangler Jail or or whatever. You option right. some yeah, of the every, stuff. Everybody's an yeah, option yeah. their stuff up. You know, it's crazy because you look at like the um, the SV autobiography, which is the I don't know what they call it. What is this based on? It's just a regular Range Rover, right? But it's yep. the full it's tilt. It's the full tilt. Yep. Full tilt. It's 170, isn't it? 178. Yeah. Starting price. Uh, you should talk to Jason Gonderman about that. He has had a press loan scheduled with that vehicle three times. There's only one in Los Angeles, and they've pulled it from him every single time. Really? Yeah, because it goes to a show, or it needs to be in a, v- a film or a video shoot or whatever. So he, it's going to celebrities. It's going to, yeah, whoever it goes right. to. Right. Angelina Jolie wants a, yeah. a nice new car. Hey, Jason, and, screw you. Of course. Um, I, I look at the Defender. It's the difference between that, and let's just, I'll use the Wrangler, because it's, it's, it's not a perfect comparison, because- you know, one's body on frame, solid axle, sort of an old school way of looking at things. But they sort of sit in the same area, the Defender on the high end, the Wrangler on the low end. The reality is, is the Wrangler is a little bit more brash in your face, a little bit more skill, that sort of, you know, experience. Mm-hmm. The Defender is more like the gentleman's wheeler. It has every bit of capability. It's going to go the same places, probably where 90% of where the Jeep can go, 95% of where the Jeep can go. But it's going to do it with technology. It's going to do it with traction control. It's going to do it, you know, with with the computers and algorithms. It's funny because it's like you, a pinky's out wheeler. So it's like go back to the early Defenders, though. It was it wasn't like that. No, not at all. No. So it's it's sort of like um, the Wrangler JL, which you know I love. I'm looking to get one for myself. Absolute vehicle. That's beer. And uh, the the Land Rover is, is it whiskey. Is uh, no, no scotch. Scotch. It's there scotch. you go. Scotch. Both are going to get you drunk. But they're going to do it in different ways. <laughs> Other than that, it's been pretty slow news-wise for the last week, so uh, hopefully we'll have some more on the next show. Uh, I'm all good because I want to get to uh, our friend Kelly Inman. So uh, I think we need to talk powder coating. You know, I bet there's a lot of people out there who don't even know what powder coating is other than something that comes on your suspension system. Hello? Mr. Kelly Inman, Lightning and Holman from the Truck Show Podcast. What's happening? What's happening, guys? How you doing? Before we can talk to you, got to play your intro. Don't move. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts, and your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money? And then you want to come back. Because we need more stuff powder coated and our wives are like, can't you just rattle can it? It's just cheaper. And we're like, no. Isn't that what we say, Holman? No, my wife's like, you better go get that powder coated. We don't want problems down the line. <laughs> she does not. <laughs> she does. She's like, powder what? No, she's like, those are beautiful. I didn't know they had powder coat that yeah. look like chrome these days. So here's what happens uh, earlier uh, earlier today. Uh, I, I'm, I'm amassing some parts that we're going to take to SEMA in our display am I at work and I thought you know I, I was having some questions what do we coat it with what colors what sheens etc and I thought let me guess you called an expert hey wait well I hadn't called I knew I was gonna call the expert but I thought you know what I'm gonna do this live on the podcast rather than doing it earlier today so I held all my questions and I want to do it here because I figured there's a lot of guys that have a lot of guys. pieces of their trucks that they would like to have powder coated or things around the shop, things around the garage, things in the backyard. And we just kind of take for granted that everybody knows what powder coating is, what it's for, when to use it, when not, when not to. But I'll bet you a lot of guys are they don't they don't have the answers. I, I don't have the answers. I bet our guest does. 
Kelly does. <laughs> Kelly works at... By the way, welcome to the show. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Kelly works at Specialized Coatings, Specialized Coatings in Huntington Beach, California. By the way, there are many, uh, many powder coat places around Huntington Beach, California, some even in it. And I've tell you, Specialized is the best. Yes. I've actually used them in the past, and they have a great, great facility, great group of guys down there. I like Specialized because they say no to a lot of jobs. They're, they're kind of like, we don't need to do 500 of that or 1,000 of this. They're not powder coating lawn furniture. They're not powder coating. They're like, we want unique pieces that we enjoy working on. They're around. Are you sure about that? I think so. Yes. Why? <laughs> yeah. I was just yeah. gonna say, can we refer to uh, to Kelly now? Well, I, I'm I'm just, just working there. This is this is my experience, and the reason I think that he's expert because okay. people who have their shops in that area, Huntington Beach is kind of a microcosm sure. for really high end. Camber, hot, Chip Foose, Hot Rod. Um, yeah. They're all oh, there, yeah. and they bring yeah. uh, they bring Kelly parts to powder coat. So, Kelly, to start off. I wanted to talk about what is the, what are the main differences between powder coating and just automotive paint? Why would I powder coat something as opposed to just bringing it to a paint shop? Honestly, it's a much more durable finish. It's very versatile. It's good in extreme weather, abrasion, chipping, you know, off-road environment. It's environmentally friendly. <laughs> the big thing is it is the availability of colors and textures and finishes and what have you, it's uh, almost endless, to be honest. You know, the big thing is the durability on a super attractive finish, you know, well, powder, much more durable than liquid paint. Powder coating has come a long way. I mean, even in the past 15 years, you now have, uh, you know, your normal colors. You've got matte finishes. You've got metallics. You've got powders I, I that now remember. replicate chrome or polished metal. And you've even got a powder coat now that can sort of replicate anodizing. It's it's amazing the types of looks you can pull off of the powder coat product. These yeah, days. I mean, ten years ago you got black and then black and red and red and, and maybe black. white and then black. <laughs> yeah, black. But yeah. it was like four shades of black. Right. Because exactly. you go to the powder coat shop and they'd have like the powder <laughs> coat chips. You go, I want black, and they go, Well, which black? You're like, I don't know. I want black. In my mind, it was just right. black. What do you want? Satin? Do you want matte? Do you want gloss? High gloss? Do you want flat? Do you want? I mean, yeah, exactly. high temp. When you say that it's more durable. Kelly, why is it more durable? Uh, just the chemical makeup of it. It's basically a liquid paint without any of the solvents. There's a lot more of the binding agents, the carriers, the polymers in it, the resin. It pretty much is a, it's like a baby powder that you're spraying on uh, electrostatically. Kind of the same idea, like how dust will stick to your TV screen. It's a very even, uniform finish, but you can wipe it right off. Once it's applied electrostatically, it's then rolled into an oven and and cured. And depending on what it is, that's what makes up the cure duration. You know, whether it's 15 minutes or, you know, three hours, it's got to get up to basically 390 degrees to do a full cure. Essentially, you guys have a piece of, let's say, metal. It's masked off wherever you don't want the powder. For instance, you may be the threads of something. It's charged with an electric charge, which uh, draws the uh, the powder particles, and then you spray the powder on. It's a very fine powder. You spray with a gun, and then that sticks to the metal, and then it goes into an oven, and it all melts over the uh, over the item that you're powder coating, right? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, it's really very simple. It's, the, it's when you get into the equipment. The spray gun itself is when it gets real complex and, and difficult. But it's uh, it's it's something else. You could powder coat the chassis on your truck the same day 
you know, within a couple hours and start reassembling things, unlike paint, you know. Well, you, you can do a co- you can mix and match uh, different things, right? You can e-coat a piece of metal and then powder coat over that, right? So that you have that uh, corrosion resistance. So if the powder coat ever got nicked, you still have protection. And then there's other powder coat tricks that I've seen in, in the vintage, uh, you know, working on vintage vehicles. If you have pitted, let's say, uh, a piece of trim or, or something like that, you can actually put a little more powder or run a second pass over to Lay it smooth on really it out, thick, right? Yeah, pretty much like high build primers, just like in liquid. We've got that in the in the powder. We use it regularly in the the vintage rat rod, you know, kind of old hot rod stuff where parts are just unobtainium. We could layer and layer and layer and sand and layer again. And so you could basically cook it over and over again. So those layers don't affect, as long as you have good adhesion for the first layer, you're okay to run it through a few more times, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and if we're doing something like that, we we take uh, each cure cycle into consideration for the end. You know, if, if I know I'm going to do a bunch of layers of a high build primer to fill in a bunch of corrosion or rust pitted areas, you know, I won't fully cure each step. I'll do a partial cure and it could come out and get sanded smooth, block sanded, color sanded, and then another coat put on and, and cured. And then eventually it'll get the final cure for the complete duration that it needs, whether it's just going to be for that primer or a top coat of a candy or a leather look, or, I mean, there's stuff that so looks like rust. That's or, a great, you know. that's a great segue into my next question. Uh, before you get something powder coated and it was glossy or it was smooth or, or whatever, obviously off-road bumpers, texture, you're getting into these leather kind of looks. There's a lot of different ways. How do you build texture into a part? Is it in the product that you're spraying or is it a technique that you apply in order to get a texture? No, it's actually built into the products, you know, different chemicals that they'll add into the powder itself. Basically, when we order powder, it's the exact color that you're that you've come in and chosen. If it's a wrinkle black, for instance, a wrinkle red or whatever, there's a product in there that once you spray it and put it in the oven and it starts its cure cycle, it'll start wrinkling the powder into this specific pattern and size. It's the same with textures are almost like a sandpaper feel like you know like you were mentioned in the leather or hammer finishes it's all done in the oven with the product you know it's already all mixed when you're spraying apart kelly um how much different is the powder the color of the powder when it's in powder form versus when it's cured is it identical because some paints i mean like a, a house paint for example it maybe a silly uh, example, but if you're painting the walls of your house, it almost always dries a slightly different shade than you saw it in the can or when you put it on the wall. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing. It's a bit different, both because the powder is a, a dry product, um, so it's a dull finish. You know, if I pour out gloss black, wrinkle black, flat black, texture black, they all will look the same on the table until you apply it and cure it. When you get into candies, they're, you know, they're, they're similar, but it's just a, a colored powder. What uh, happens when not, you sneeze and blow powder all over the shop? <laughs> it, it happens daily. Uh, <laughs> really? You know, we're, we're a high-end shop and we do a lot of filming there and, and whatnot, um, a lot of high-end clientele. And we have a few guys that specifically just walk around and mop 
we're just generating dust. You guys don't have so like a giant electrostatically charged magnet that you can just roll over the floor? <laughs> no, you need a guy in a metal suit that just walks through <laughs> just and it attracts it. Clanks through, they're filming a TV show, and here comes George in the back clanking through with a uh, electrostatically charged suit. Exactly. <laughs> he would have every color on him. <laughs> Wouldn't that be classic? Yeah, I mean, the guys are always having to, to clean up. It's an open booth. You know, there's no doors on it, and that allows us to do larger components. Like right now, I have guys that are, uh, we're doing some cabinets that are 27 feet long. Oh my uh, God. You know, they'll be there all night doing a couple of those. They'll, they'll coat them and pull them out of the booth and spin them around and put them oh, in the booth. Are those the cabinets the going side. into uh, Lightning's garage? <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> my, my little miniature garage. Your single car garage is about no, what, 15 no. feet deep? No. <laughs> exactly. All right. There's a couple things I want to cover. I want to cover prep. Like, what does the consumer, what is the guy with the truck who's pulling apart a suspension and he wants to redo it? Make gonna, sure you spray lots of WD-40 on it before you bring it to the powder Or not. Or not at all. <laughs> or right? not at all. Okay. Or don't do that. Right, right. So what kind of prep? Oh, because here's, here's what I found. And, and so we have a lot of powder vendors. And for the really high-end stuff, I know I don't have to worry about the prep. He's going to handle that for me. But with a lot of shops, you, you might need to worry about the prep. So my question is... As a consumer, how how much prep do you need to do? Do you need to vet your your shop first, or do you call them and say, "How do you want me to deliver the part?" Or how do I go about that process as just a dude with a, a suspension component? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's always best uh, once you find the shop that you're going to be using to give them a, a shout and and ask them. Sometimes uh, some of the shops aren't set up to do specific whether it's stripping or sandblasting or cleaning or, you know, you, you bring a box full of greasy, grimy suspension parts or something like that. It's all got to be cleaned of any grease and grime and whatnot before it's even sandblasted or anything like oh, that. So what um, you're saying is don't spray it down with a bunch of crap before <laughs> I bring it. No. Oh, I got it. No, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I can't just, believe there's just, people. I mean, except I've seen it before. Being in a powder coat shop where the guy comes in with like, you know, suspension pieces off of his 1950s, whatever, that yeah. doesn't look like it's ever seen water or cleaner and go, hey, could you powder coat these for me? And you're going, ooh. Well, I, I've, I've had a lot of stuff powder coated over the years, various things from automotive to clothing store racks to all kind of weird stuff. And there is a difference in shops and there's a difference in, in powders as well. For instance, when you go on instagram for whatever reason for about the last i don't know 24 months it's it's guys really pimping prismatic powders and i don't know if they're doing a campaign where they're paying guys to see say that or they're out there because it's a really superior product uh, i know that you use prismatic you use uh cardinal and some other brands how do i know what to request as a consumer it's uh, a good question it, it really depends on the end result that you're looking for um like you had mentioned we use Prismatic, Cardinal, Tiger, DuPont, PPG. I mean, we have one of the biggest inventories of powder that there is. We carry probably around 1,500 colors. Oh, my God. Oh my God. And that's very unlike. Their powder, even though it's a dry product, there's a shelf life to it. You know, it only lasts six or eight months before you start having issues of it not flowing out as shiny. If it's supposed to be a gloss finish or it may turn out a bit more orange peel. You know, so if, if someone comes in to my shop or somebody's making a phone call looking if they're looking for uh something like they want the fancy candy red with 
you know, like glitter silver over the top of it. And Prismatic is one of uh, probably the uh, elite company in powder that is people want to look the best in like can real specialty stuff. But once you start getting into that real high end candies and metallics and glow in the dark and whatever, the fancier you're getting, you, you have to give up something and you're usually giving up a little bit of durability. Prismatics come a long way. Uh, and they're very well known. You can buy small amounts of powder from them. We purchase from them probably every other day. We carry more of their powders than anybody else, you know. But if somebody's just looking for a gloss black or a flat black, for instance, like our gloss black, we use Dupont paints and we use a gloss black that flows out the smoothest, shiniest that you could possibly get but it gives up a little bit in the dur- scratch resistance or durability. You know, if we want something a lot more durable, uh, we're going to give up a little bit of the aesthetics, the wet look. When we spray a chassis or a Harley frame in gloss black, it looks like it's been done in liquid. I mean, it is just glass smooth, you know? So I'm wondering why would I opt in today's age with the technology of, of powder coatings, which is, is more durable. Why would I have something wet painted? Um, is it more expensive? It, like, what is the cost? Because to me, it seems like the wet paint is even more expensive. Because I, no, am I wrong? I don't know. No, no, I, you're you're right. The wet paint is is definitely more expensive. If if somebody's looking to do a set of wheels in a two tone, you know, uh, white barrels and red centers or something, you can have them liquid painted. And, but there's so much prep into liquid paint, whether it's sanding or blasting. And then doing the metal etching and primers and then the base coat and clears. And and then it takes, you know, a couple of days for it to cure and if it needs to be polished or anything like that, where powder, you can get it all done and remounted in the same day. We could take a, a set of wheels, powder coat them, and then within probably four hours of you having them there, if they were raw, you could be mounting them back on your car. Wow. Um, the liquid paints tend to be a lot more expensive. And then... The timing, you know, they got to cure, um, right? And even even once you pull a lot of liquid paints out of the booth, even if you've cooked it, usually over the course of a month or so, they still are curing. They're still a little bit soft. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there there definitely is a place for liquid paints in the the custom scene, but you know, that's more would be like for bodies or something that couldn't go into the oven at four hundred degrees. If you had a bunch of suspension and you had all the, you know, urethane bushings or rubber components or some oddball stuff in it that couldn't go into the oven, then you have to have it liquid painted. You have no choice, you know, but powders have come so far and we have perfected so many different application methods to being able to do fades and whatnot. It's, it, it truly is amazing. I didn't know that fades. you guys could yeah, do that's fades. that's pretty cool. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How? We can, uh, it, that's proprietary uh, lightning. <laughs> is it? Well, it yeah. Might be. You, know, you could go open your own powder coat shop and steal all the secrets. That's not cool. <laughs> I yeah, wasn't going to. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it just like in in uh, anything else, you know, it's just a lot of uh, a lot of time in the booth, a lot of testing and practice, a lot of mistakes. Um, I've been doing high end coating myself for thirty three years, and I've seen it all and done it all with specialized my motto i don't want any part to leave that shop and it could get done better 
at another location. And that we're, we're very well known for that. We do a lot of stuff with, with candies and different layering, just like in liquids. Uh, I could take one candy red and do it over all sorts of different base coats and textures and end up with a hundred different finishes, you know? See, I don't know that I knew that you could do multiple coatings of it. I thought it was just kind of one and done. Well, the way Lightning was looking at it was like back when you're a kindergartner and you have tempura paints. He just figured when you mixed all of them together, you got that really like soupy brown color. Yeah, like like pea soup. Yeah, know? right? Yeah, like a baby's diaper. Uh-huh. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the difference between powder coating and ceramic coating because I know that they're you guys offer the service, but those high temp ceramic coatings, what's the process like and why wouldn't you use a powder coat on something like that? Powder coating is only good for a, a certain temp Temperature. Although it's cured on typically in the 390 degree range, uh, it will constantly withstand, you know, mid 200s. You can do engine blocks and heads and and uh, different components like that, but you can't do an exhaust or anything that's going to reach, you know, 800 degrees or anything like that. We do brake calipers for race cars, you know, and, and the periodic temperatures that those reach the powders will withstand it, you know, no problem. When you get into something like an exhaust system, uh, you got to go into the ceramics, which is a liquid. And then it's, it's applied basically like paint, but then it's slowly uh, dried or the liquids are evaporated over a certain amount of time and then put into an oven and slowly ramped up you know, to 600 degrees. And once it reaches 600, it's cures for an hour and a half or so. And those ceramics are good, a minimum of 1250 degrees metal temperature all the way up to about 2200 degrees. So the, the ceramics are specifically for exhaust systems. It might be a thermal barrier. It might be a thermal dispersant to do on the bottom of a piston or a radiator. Or the inside of a really hot podcast studio. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, are there a well, lot of colors that, that we can choose from in ceramics, or are we just stuck with that uh, kind of gunmetal gray color? No, there's uh, there's several colors, and then we actually custom make some different finishes. They're basically from the, the high-polished uh, aluminum look or chrome. We call it Chromex. Satin silver. There's the titaniums and charcoal and black. And then we customize uh, several different vehicles for like um, might be Foos or somebody like that, where we're getting into these real exotic looks of tungsten or a champagne or a nickel look, something like that, you know. And then there's also the ceramics that we do that are for firearms. So are you doing like Cerakote or? Absolutely. Yep. Ooh. I've got some Cerakote guns. <laughs> he, just, he, might... just, he just lit up. <laughs> I, might, I, might, I might need. I might need some uh, some other guns Cerakoted while we're at it. Here. Hey uh, Kelly, have you done any? Well, no, you've been part of a lot of high profile builds. Like I would guess, what probably a third of the the the, the vehicles on overhauling. You've had something to t- you've touched, but is there a vehicle that you were particularly proud to be a part of? Honestly, uh, pretty much anything. Outside of the overhaul and realm, I guess, um, anything that Foosh builds, obviously, you know, I, I've done chip stuff for probably 25 plus years, both his personal and all of his customer builds. So it could be the uh, Riddler winners, the Grandmaster, any of those. I mean, these cars are multi-million dollar vehicles. So, you know, for for Foos to choose us to do all of his, whether it's ceramic or powder coating, 
that right there is a little pat on the back, to be honest. And then everything else, you know, we do SpaceX. It's kind of cool to know that our coatings that are actually proprietary are on the capsules and the rocket bodies for those that are that are in space and at the space station. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. I'm guessing you guys have probably done stuff for Boeing, too, because you're just down the street from uh, the HP plant. Yeah. Kelly. Uh, Boeing, SpaceX, Virgin Orbit. Uh, vector launch, you know, all of pretty them. much any, yeah, any of any of the high end stuff. Talk about specialized, huh? Huh? See, see, see what it did see there? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Kelly drives a truck. What are you driving right now, Kelly? I have a 2015 Chevy uh, diesel. I got to oh. pull a toy hauler around. Yeah, the town. one with the offset steering wheel. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know about that, Kelly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says all dejected. Yes. Oh, great, you, great truck. Though. I'm just curious. It. Have you coded anything on your own truck? Honestly, no. I knew it. I knew it. That never happens, you know? That's right. It's like don't don't buy a car from a mechanic, right? You know, right. The powder coat guy's not powder coating his own stuff there. That's exactly right. All right. So, Kelly, if people have questions, you mind if they call you? Just, uh, you know, obviously, if they're local, they would bring it into you at Specialized Coatings in Huntington Beach. Or actually, do you ever get parts shipped in from around the country the guys that know your rep yeah actually we get stuff from around the world to be honest we're very well known in like the harley davidson market where we get motors and transmissions shipped from the east coast constantly it's uh it's it's all the little detail stuff you know i'll t- gladly talk to anybody on the phone or via email or anything and whether they used us or not i'll share knowledge and and any problems or anything that i foresee they could you know, may have to deal with. Fantastic. So if you want to get hold of uh, Kelly uh, or Larry at Specialized Coatings, it's 714-901-2628, 714-901-2628, or specializedcoating.com. Or at PowderCoatHB. <laughs> All right, Kelly. Well, thank you for bringing us up to speed. I feel like we got this. We got uh, Coatings 101. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, can we uh, have you on again, and we can do uh, coatings two hundred one next time? And uh, that's the advanced course. Yeah, right. The advanced course of uh, how to powder coat. There you go. All right, all right, brother. (laughs) Appreciate your time. Hey, thanks. All right, thanks. Bye. Well, who knew uh, that much about powder coating? <laughs> Kelly did. No, that, he, he was probably <laughs> yeah. the right guy to have on the uh, to have on the uh, show. So yeah. I appreciate him checking in, and I, I think that's one of those topics where powder coating touches pretty much everybody. Uh, it doesn't matter what truck you have. Yeah. If it's recent or modified, something on it is likely powder coated. Well, I, and, and I found myself going, do I want to paint it? Do I want to powder coat it? And, and sometimes I don't know. So yeah. when I, when when all else fails, I like when one do you call Teresa from LGECTS yeah. and when you call Kelly? Uh, maybe we need to have a matrix on that. I, we really do. Some <laughs> kind of a pie chart. Flow, flow or, chart. Yes, a flow chart. Flow exactly. Chart. All right. So I feel like dancing. You email. Yeah. This one is from Peter. It says, uh, what's up, guys? So I'm on episode 74 right about now. You got some catching up to do. Just listen to you guys at Casa Bonita. That is the uh, the crazy Mexican restaurant In outside Denver. of Denver. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bonkers. That place is nutball. All right. So if you guys enjoyed the caves and weirdness, I would recommend you go to the City Museum if you're ever in St. Louis, Missouri. Although, I don't know why the heck you would come here, he says. Um, although... Uh, uh, I've uh, been to St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah? Uh, I went there. I uh, was crossing over uh, the river, 
and uh, I've done a couple cross country trips, and I've gone to, uh, of course, the Arch, the the St. Louis Arch. Sure, it's amazing. Yeah, I think you have to and, do that when you're there. And the barbecue. Yeah, barbecue is and, good there. And uh, downtown oh, B- wait a minute. Bush they... Stadium well, is right by- Wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah, yeah. The barbecue. That's like Texas. You go to Texas for the barbecue. Do you go to St. Louis oh, for the barbecue? Oh, absolutely. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Two different styles. All good. So what do they know? How's it different? How's the St. Louis barbecue? Uh, You're look a up, connoisseur look, of barbecue. Look up St. Louis ribs. That's sort of what they're known for. Okay. Yeah, so- uh, is it? Is it? I mean, is it? Is it the the meat or the 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 sauce is tangy or what? Is there anything that you can identify that's different? So I believe the uh, difference on a St. Louis style rib is uh, not necessarily the preparation. It's a um, a meatier cut. So it's like a baby back rib. It's pork, mm-hmm. but the cut is bigger, and so it gives you a little bit more flavor. Uh, and then some of those guys there do a rub, mm-hmm. and then you can add your sauce later. Some do sauce on it, but anyway, barbecue, so there are no wrong so answers. noticeably different in St. Louis is what you're saying. Yeah, well, they're known for the ribs. Okay. Like, go to any barbecue restaurant, you'll see St. Louis-style ribs, and uh, that is something to behold, especially when you're in St. Louis. Okay, didn't know that. He said in the previous episode, you guys were talking about newer cars that have manual transmissions. Well, I own a 2015 Chevy Cruze with a six-speed manual. That's kind of, that sounds rare. So I know, I know, what a loser. I think anything but hey, with a manual is rare. It, it gets it gets awesome mileage, and I still have my '69 bump side. There we go. I forgot to mention in my other email that I uh, used to have a '96 XJ with a 4.0 HO and a five-speed manual and That's a, a nice four setup. and a half inch lift. So I miss that thing every single day. And yeah. I used to have those are special. A thir- used to have a '38 Ford pickup that was a it was kind of rat rodish. My like brother. That. That turned me on to your podcast drives a 19... This guy's just showing off now. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah, his brother drives a 19... He's doing a truck measuring contest. Yeah, Chevy Love as a daily driver. Dude, a Chevy Love. <laughs> the first time I saw Anywho, he says... Who says anywho these he days? He does. He does. Yeah. Anywho, says Peter, uh, keep up the awesome work. One day I will be all cut up with the episodes. Also, you guys should do an insert on how to leave a five-star review for us dummies that don't know how to use technology because he says... Five stars. Now, I didn't want to do the high five with you, you know, because we're saving that's that. Review. But that's a review. Yeah. Uh, so okay. Gives, and I do want to thank you, Peter, for the uh, desire to give us five stars because it really means a lot to us. It helps us get, uh, you know, Apple. Well, it helps the discoverability and for people to find the show. Obviously, the more listeners that we have, the better we go. You know, all that good stuff. So uh, make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends on Apple. It makes it really easy to give a five star review. Just go to uh, review and you can tap in. You can leave a uh, a written one, or you can just hit the five star and send it away. Also, very easy to share the episode from there as well as subscribe. And then uh, there's a couple other places where you can do reviews. I know Google's talking about adding right. reviews on their platform, and I believe it is CastBox you can do reviews as well. Yeah, but if you do know someone with a, someone at work or wife, daughter, son, whatever you got, um, just steal their iPhone. Someone you got to know somebody yeah, with just, an iPhone. Just randomly walk around picking up people's iPhones, <laughs> leave a review, and hug exactly. it on your way out. No, don't hug it. Hand <laughs> no, it back okay, and say thanks, right, for thank, thanks for the review. Thanks for the review, yeah. All right, I got one here from Mitch. says, uh, Dr. Pepper, and it's a picture of... Sweet and a bit sassy Dr. Pepper baked beans in front of his clearly 2019 Ram 2500 heavy duty. Let me see the Cummins. photo. Yeah. Wow. What? Wait, wait. Give me that. Nope. Let, let me see that. I and never he see- says, Sweet. Dr. Pepper baked beans? Since when? Well, since now. He says they were terrible. So here's the thing about Dr. Pepper. I think we've talked about it on the show before. Dr. Pepper, the soda, is freaking amazing. 
Dr. Pepper candy, not so much. Dr. Pepper cake mix, not so much. Dr. Pepper beans, not so much. I make a killer Dr. Pepper barbecue sauce. That works. But it seems like anywhere, even the stuff, I love Stubbs, but Stubbs has Dr. Pepper barbecue sauce. Mine's mm-hmm. better. I. It's like they people are forcing Dr. Pepper into all these Dr. Pepper jelly beans. and all, It's just, they doesn't work outside of its original form except for maybe a barbecue sauce. And what are you doing into the barbecue sauce to make it work? I'm not going to reveal my secrets. But are, are you adding extra sugar? Where, where I'm somebody... adding lots of extra sugar. Oh, are you okay? Uh, <laughs> if you like uh, brown sugar and molasses yes. in the same sauce, and then I also make it spicy. Now, so hold on. I have on the a front feeling... and it burns on the back. It's I awesome. need to try it because you've been talking about this yep. for a year and a half. Yep. I do need to try it because I'm, I'm, I'm really you curious. You were at my house for my barbecue this year. It was there. Oh, my God. I ate it. But I see, here's the thing. It was in the squeeze bottle. I... I it was in the squeeze bottle. Yeah, I made it fresh that night. I didn't see a squeeze bottle. Yeah. Oh, I got gypped. You did get gypped. I'm just curious if you can taste the, the Dr. Pepper. I know you think you can taste no. it, but can your guests taste it? No, it's like you it? render, it, it renders out, just like if you're cooking with uh, alcohol or okay. whatever. Okay. Uh, but it is it is a base. There is a, a flavor profile that the Dr. Pepper brings that's different than a cola-based barbecue sauce. And I will tell you, Dr. Pepper's awesome. By the way, uh, Mitch here says, Holman, did you miss a chance with Trevor's call and the sound of lightning's truck? Oh, remember Trevor left <laughs> yes. us and we could figure out what yeah. it was? Yeah. So uh, anyway. There was no audio. There was just silence and apparently because I don't have a truck. your truck. Yeah. Well done, Mitch. All right. This one is from Yannick and it's uh, titled Rambler 500. Hello, Light Brighton Holman. For the Rambler 500 vehicle. I think he means gambler. Yeah, I know. I, I don't. But he wrote Rambler. Okay. Okay. Rambler 500. Hello, Light Brighton Holman. For the Rambler 500 vehicle is an easy fix crossover episode with roadkill and a vehicle from the roadkill fleet yeah i don't think our clearance is high enough from the tower to uh, drive a roadkill vehicle english is not his first language i'm just i'm putting pieces of his no that's our friend yannick from canada yannick carpentier sure right i'm just saying that there's there's a lot of interesting spellings well maybe he's from uh, a dictating or Mm -hmm. b from french canada interesting and and then he goes on to say and just for lightning I'm typing in all lowercase and no punctuation. Well, there so you go. He's got English a couple is not of emojis, his, right? English is not <laughs> that is not his main language. It's that he's screwing yeah. with you, which I fully appreciate and endorse. And he says, and every now and then we need to know that the show actually goes off the rails, like in episode eighty-three. <laughs> yes, that whole that whole episode was all yes, over the place. It was still a great show. Keep it up. And he says, five star review, five stars. All right, Emmy, thank you for the five stars. Oh, not no, a review, but then he but... follows it up with. All right, got one here from Craig. He says, gentlemen, kids and I love the show, especially the scientifically calibrated balance between tomfoolery and information. (laughs) Scientifically calibrated. Whoa, I like that. He says, uh, oh, here, check this out. One part that strikes a chord with my youngest is the play on words in the opener. He's always asking me what rhymes with truck. (laughs) I'll be stumped when I run out of answers. (laughs) He, of course, knows full well what he's asking. (laughs) He says, uh, now that we've stopped building our own cars in the great southern land, we've gone... Mad for Utes. Oh, hey, he's from Australia. Hmm. That's very cool. We have, uh, in fact, Australia is our third biggest. Uh, Wait a minute. You guys have audio down there? <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, let's see. Now that we stopped building our own cars in the great southern land, we've gone mad for Utes, what you'd call a midsize. We can get full size here, but options are limited and they are expensive. The midsize seem to have hit the spot, though, often outselling cars. We did build our own sedan-based Utes for a while, including plenty of options with big power. End of an era. Anyway, the kids and I are busily making our way through your back catalog and should be up to date soon. Keep up the good work and keep those jingles coming. Cheers, Chapo. 
And uh, we appreciate our Australian friends checking in. I actually uh, have a few uh, friends down there in Australia. And uh, I have an unnatural uh, fascination with Australians, drinking with them. Unnatural? Or is it natural? Uh, I don't know. I just it's, There's something that draws me to Australians. I love Australians. Whenever I've, there are tons of Aussies that end up in California, mm-hmm. whether on vacation or otherwise, they seem to end up mm-hmm. in bars where an Australian sitting next to me, I've never had a bad moment with an Australian is at a bar. Is it their accent or their confidence? I don't know. I think it's a little bit of both. I think what it is 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 it's the uh, Australians know how to drink. Mm-hmm. They know how to have a hell of a good time, and uh, they're they're friendly. Like they're, it's just like hanging out right. with your buddies, right? Kind of. Like they've got southern hospitality. Yeah, kind really of like really southern. southern. <laughs> the problem is if you cross them, they'll call you a Sheila and headbutt you. So mm-hmm. you really have to be uh, on gotcha. the lookout for that kind of stuff. Yep. But uh, but I, I love my Australian friends, and uh, glad to hear we got some uh, some more. Thank you. This one's from Evan. He says, uh, hey, Holman and Lightning, thanks for nothing. This is Evan from <laughs> Intercourse, Pennsylvania. Just finished listening to the latest episode. He said it's got uh, five-star quality as usual. Wow, okay. Uh, it was great to hear my truck on the hotline because uh, we played his uh, Chevy 5.7 Vortec, and I realized it. I didn't even say my name. So then you go on to play the second voicemail I left because I forgot to give you a few hints. <laughs> Love the show, guys. Of course, five stars. And keep those mounted parameters coming. Monitor E-engine parameters. All right, got one here from Mike, and he says, Truck Show Podcast and a Grumpy Preteen. Um, we both have those. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, hey, guys, I want to thank you for being the only thing that was able to get my grumpy preteen to smile on the first day of our road trip. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't you. It was me uh, singing your funny jingles. Oh, no. Especially yes. the email one where you kept cutting it out until I finally gave up trying to sing it, and then you actually played the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> she laughed very hard at that. Well, I'm glad that our antics uh, made her laugh. This trip has really made me wish my truck was a diesel, but since I only tow long distances once a year and drive maybe five miles every day, the 5.7 Hemi works for me. But my 6,000-pound trailer really make that thing wind up going up the big hills I came across. Enjoying your new episode every Monday, guys. Thank you, and keep up the good work. And that's from Mike, and Mike has a, looks like a uh, 5.7 HD, tow mirrors out. Uh, pretty nice truck, and yeah, the Hemis of that generation, this looks like 06, 07 uh, by, the, by the headlights. A uh, little bit peaky. They had the five-speed automatic, and they, uh, they like to shift to get in the power band on those, but good trucks. Holman, do you have a pair of specs? Do you have a uh, binocular? Do you have a monoc- monocle? A monocle? monocular? <laughs> I was going to say monocular. <laughs> well, my, my father has a... a m- monocle? Uh, not a monocle. A, a It is a monocular. My father has I a monocular. That is no a idea. one-sided binocular. I feel like you are making up words. Nope. Go on Google right now and type in monocular. But why would you want a monocular? My father has a monocular. Does he I use it on why. his old-timey pirate ship? <laughs> no. <laughs> when he's looking for loot and, and booty across uh, the he's Caribbean? He's trying to keep his balance on his wooden leg. I, I don't know, <laughs> uh, but he has a monocular. Uh, I see monocular vision. No, monocular. Oh, there it is. There it is, yeah. It's yeah. made like, not Buell. Who makes it? But Buell. Well, there's a bunch, bunch of people B- make it. Bushnell. 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 Bushnell, yeah. Bushnell, that's the one he Buell's has. a motorcycle, yeah, by the no, way. I, I, I knew it was I know that. No? All right, so he has a All monocular. Right. All right, well, this is from Brian, and it's titled Gambler 500, but it's in one-point type. Oh, yeah. Well, do you, <laughs> and then you would need a magnifying glass. That's right. Eye. I would like a, a magnifying glass eye. Wouldn't it be funny if you had a glass eye and the lens was <laughs> magnifying and you just w- looked at people, like, you know? No. no, here's what I need. I need to place this across the room and they use a telescope. Okay, well, let's. Right. Uh, what, what, what's he say there? All right, so, hey, guys, just uh, listening to the latest episode, and I had a thought about your gambler fundraising issue. 
What if you did a fundraiser and for every $20, you get entered into a raffle to win the truck after the race? Because we have corporate overlords that make that nearly impossible. Yeah, that might be the case. I thought I'd send you a picture of my 2015 Sierra that I just installed a 5.8 lowering kit on with 22-inch rims. Love the show and look forward to every new episode. Thanks, Brian. And that is a... Uh, nice GMC. I'm, I got a Good looking truck for that truck. Yes, you do. I got one here from uh, Nathan. It says, Gambler 500, and it has a link to the Facebook Marketplace. And when you click on it, you get to the uh, Facebook Marketplace that has a 1999 Isuzu Vehicross. Oh, my God. Those were the ugliest cars, but no, kind of cool. No, they were awesome. It was like a Isuzu Rodeo with reservoir shocks. I think it was the first <laughs> production vehicle, or at least truck, that had reservoir shocks. And they were, uh, do you remember the Iron Man edition? No. So you could have your Timex Iron Man watch with your Isuzu Iron Man Is Vehicross. Is that true? You could. Uh, were they actually tied in with Timex? or just they, they were with Iron Man. With Iron Man. Okay. And uh, they they sponsored it. But that thing was ahead of its time. It's still a good, goofy-looking Japanese well, that, well, that thing. thing turn lock to lock under, like, so this on one's, bump? So this one's lifted, and it has big old, like, I don't know, probably for this 33-inch, 34-inch BFG all-terrains. And uh, they want $6,000 for it, so nope, we are uh, not getting that <laughs> as our gambler vehicle. However, negative. when I opened this up, I'm like, you know what? Those things were just really cool in their day. And, and when was the last time anybody talked about the Isuzu Viacross? So for those of you looking, that's V-E-H-I-C-R-O-S-S. And I believe, I uh, can't remember the first year, it was like 97, 98, something like that. But they were very cool, short run, they looked super futuristic, and uh, they were just rad. Yeah, for the gambler, we're going to do, I'm dead set on- Well, you know what you want. I'm not, I'm not 100% I, I know sure. you're not, and it bugs me that you're not totally on board the I'm Nissan not, hard body I'm with not, a king not, cab. No, 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 I'm not, not on board. with skid plates. No, no king cab. You don't deserve a back, uh, 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 reclining uh, seat. I, I'm okay with no king cab, but it's got to be, it doesn't- <sighs> By the way, people have our, been sending me uh, emails anywhere from $500 to like $1,500. They're out there. Yeah, they are out there. One of our listeners sent me an Instagram uh, message with his uh, Toyota Mini uh-huh. slammed. And I thought, well, I could do that too. I could do a toy. I could do a Nissan. I'd prefer to be able to recline, but I think it's oh, funny if come it's a on. single It's cab. better if you can't recline. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Put your knees in your chest right. and all that kind of stuff. Or do we weld the bed and the cab together and just cut a walkthrough so we're outside? <laughs> I think uh, it just depends, like, how much death do you want to invite upon ourselves? All of it. <laughs> all, all the death. All the death. All right. Uh, let's see here. All right. So you remember our friend Trevor, we were just talking about, sent us the uh, the audio? Yes. And then we tried to call him and said, dude. Yeah. All right. He left me a voicemail. Okay. Want to hear it? Sure. Sean, it's Trevor. You guys called me last night, and I was like, who's calling with San Juan Capistrano? And uh, I didn't listen to the voicemail until this morning. But uh, anyways, no, I'm on I'm on the West Coast. I'm in the Bay Area, so I just was sitting on the couch watching TV with my girlfriend. The trucks were a 6.2 liter out of a 2016 F350 Super Duty and a 6 liter LS out of a 2002 2500 Suburban. It's two motors that uh, I feel like I hear... Even outside the window, I go, oh, there's a Ford starting up, or oh, there's an LS starting up. It's just that, I don't know, something unique about the way that the starter engages. Oh, and the starter on the uh, six-liter LS is falling off or it's skipping a gear or something like that, which <laughs> I feel is super common to have an improperly adjusted uh, starter on those LSs for some reason, and they make weird noises. But anyways, those are the sounds. Hope they're uh, better quality. Look forward to hearing the episode. See ya. 
All right. Well, yeah, I'm not going to go back and fish for those uh, sound no, effects. But, but damn yeah. it, Trevor. Next time, answer your phone. Yeah. So we can talk to you. Yeah. I think we're important enough for you to pick up. Yeah. Now you know. Screw your girlfriend. I mean, unless you guys are getting busy or something, you know what I mean? Like, I think you need to pick up the phone we're calling. Uh, that could be taken several different ways there, Lightning. Uh, no, I didn't mean, well, I, you know what I meant. <laughs> Did I? Yeah. Do I? Does he? I hope so. Okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm exasperated. That was a really long show. Exasperated or yeah. exhausted? Both. <laughs> I hope you're not exasperated. Should we end it? Uh, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Let's just end it. Let's just think. No, no jingle, Cold no turkey, nothing. nothing. Yeah, we'll just walk out. No, well, we need no, to. Say, we we to need to say thank yeah, you. Yeah, we and all thank that you. Stuff. All right. So here's what we here's what we get out. Right. All right. We want you guys to call the uh, five star hotline 657-205-6105, 657-205-6105 and leave us a message. The truck show. The truck show. The truck show. Oh, oh. And don't forget to hit us up on our socials at Truck Show Podcast on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Hit us up on the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. Don't hit us up on Twitter because neither of us like it. No, we, we want an email, too. <laughs> Send us an email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. And if uh, you're in the market for Hafton Truck and Lightning's awesome review did not sway you, you might want to uh, read some specs over at <laughs> NissanUSA.com. Check out the Titan, the best warranty in the business. Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Yeah. yeah, no, I didn't mention the, the warranty. Five I guess it wouldn't be on my miles. list, but yeah, five well, years, well, 100,000 miles. Nothing went wrong, so why would you need to talk about the warranty? I guess in a week, yeah. I mean, we need to talk about the warranty. You don't necessarily need to talk about the warranty. No, yeah. And then, of course, uh, decked. Why, why would you want a deck system? Because it's the best locking storage system available on the planet. Why would you make something out of plywood or something goofball when you can buy a beautiful decked system that not only is lockable and has a ruler connected to it and bottle openers, but you can put 2,000 pounds on top of it. And it also has round wheels, not those oval ones the competitors offer. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think someone has square wheels? Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure they do. None of them are as good as our friends at Decked. (laughs) Oh, all right. Well, I think uh, think that's enough show for our people because they're still probably listening to last week's show since it was about four or five hours long. You know, it wasn't our our longest episode. It wasn't, by the way. No, it was probably in the top ten, though. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah. It was uh, two hours and something. (laughs) Yeah, 205 or something like that. 205, yeah. No, our longest one breaks three hours. Yeah, that was, was that Gail or was it Sima? No, uh-uh. It was, it wasn't either of those. Oh, really? It wasn't Sima and it wasn't I don't remember. I just, everything's a blur now. 86 episodes in? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I, here's, here's I do know. I, know. I, do know. I want to go uh, get some dinner and uh, <laughs> I go to bed. I, I am starved. Can we uh, Can we leave? Well, you were about to say something. Why don't we prolong our, uh, our no, misery longer? I was going to say that uh, I'm starved and I want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I, uh, I'm going to give you the official thumbs up. This was a great show. Uh, thanks for hooking up our, uh, our guests, uh, Kelly over at uh, Specialized Coatings for yep. Powder Coating, and our buddy Ian Johnson. And look for Four Wheeler on your uh, local TV listings or on the Motor Trend app starting uh, September 21st. You know what? Uh, you know what Ian's got that we don't. Uh, good looks, hair, uh, success, a shop, and <laughs> talent. And talent. <laughs> <laughs>